How many listeners do you have? More than 200,000? Five or six. Diane, step away from virginity. I'm away. You are a slut, aren't you, Ben? Having a nightmare. We got guests. I know you. You're in my calculus class. Jim. Your name's Jim. Oh, you are worthless, aren't you? You and your friends gave me a lot of shit the other day. Everybody gives you shit. Take it easy, Benny, huh? Hey, this is Steph's party, Blaine. Don't tell me what to do. Steph? I mean, you shouldn't be allowed to invite just anybody. Steph, she's gonna ruin my night. Shut up, Benny. You're a faggot, right. Blaine. Okay, listen, Benny. Listen, why don't we, why don't we what are you just, calling? Let's just leave them in the room, why? okay? And, and you will get you something to eat, all right? Oh, and you've got what I want. Ribs or Everybody, the Nightfly with Dave Chuskow, the podcast you love, you trust, and here for another beautiful, entertaining evening of fun and laughs and games is your pal Dave Chuskow. With our new theme we've been playing lately, I've just been digging it. I've been digging it, even though we have our old opening theme. This is uh, this is the Cars going all the way back to 1980. <laughs> Well, I have a very interesting guest today. Let me say hello right now. And I don't talk this way throughout the whole thing, by the way, just so you know. Jono Abrams joining us today on the podcast. Hello, Jono. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Yes, uh, you don't know Jono Abrams, but you're going to get to know him. I mean, everybody should know him because it seems like everybody knows you. I mean, it really does. I mean, it is kind of funny. You kind of, you know, rule the places you go. Yeah, yeah. But make sure you talk into the mic, oh, just because okay. I want to make sure that he hears you. No, it's all right. People, I, I mean, I have people that are stand-up comedians. They don't talk into the mic. I'm like, that's the one thing. How could you not know? Yeah, so just make whatever is more comfortable for you. Anyway, yes. Uh, so, now, we were just talking. Jono and I have... Now, first of all, when I look you up online, your name starts with an I. An I. <laughs> yeah. Can you explain that? That's the Norwegian now. It, it starts with a J. I don't well, know that's what I, I thought, but... Spell check. If spell you check. look in the IMDB, it says I-O-N-O. That's... I... No, it's, that's it's somebody else. It's not. No. I, somebody else with your exact right. career. I've never worked with Steven Spielberg or Martin <laughs> Scorsese, so that's how you know it's not You me. were not in Fist Boy in 1985. No, I wasn't. Oh. Well, then I don't know who I'm talking this about. Boy, I was in. <laughs> um, no, the thing is, I, we were just talking, I think John and I have known each other. Well, now we were just figuring out, because you went to Cornell, I went to Ithaca, so I went from 82 to 86. And I went from 80 to 84. So, so we were yeah. definitely there. So you were there at the Uriah Heep concert in 82. <laughs> no, uh, when I was there, Elvis Costello was playing at Cornell, and Joe Jackson and Pretenders were there. I think yeah, I. It's pretty mm, cool. That is pretty cool. That's, that's um, good. That's I don't remember seeing them even being there. So that must have been your. Wait, I could be wrong about. If that. we're two years off, definitely the Pretenders were. I could be lying about that. Because I would have gone to see that. You know, like that would have been an awesome show. Check. Definitely no, would have gone to see Elvis Costello. You know, at our school we had Huey Lewis, 
in 84. Which was they, they still have him there, believe it. <laughs> well, that was a hot ticket back then, a hot ticket. Yeah. And then um, John Waite, who I had on my little TV I'll show. Be- I did a TV show. I mean, maybe that's where you know me from. I was on Channel 13 <laughs> right. in Ithaca every Sunday night at 10. I, yeah, we didn't have TVs back then. Yes, you did. Not, it was in the common area of the... Of the For real? I had, yeah. I had a TV in every, every room I... How could no, that be? That was never a TV. Well, that's why you've gone ahead in the world. I had a right. TV in every since freshman year. I had a TV. I don't understand how you didn't have a TV in your room. No, it was what in, were you it doing? Was in the, it was in what the, having it was sex in the and stuff? I, what the? F- so I was doing that though. I know. I I, you know what? Along like a, in two thousand, I guess I was in LA, and I met this gorgeous girl. It turned out to be like a Fredericks of Hollywood model or something. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to her, and you know, I was just joking around. And she goes, "Well, I don't watch TV," and I'm like, "You don't watch TV." What are you out of your mind? <laughs> what, do you, what do you possibly do? You don't watch TV. Right. It's the stupidest thing I've heard. That's why you don't recognize me. You don't watch TV. Yeah, and then she goes, um, and I was like, what do you do if you don't watch TV? She goes, well, I read a lot. I fuck a lot. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to shut somebody up real quick, that'll do it. Tell them you it. read. Tell yeah. them you read. <laughs> so, <laughs> For a non-reader, just tell them I read. Oh, wow. I read a lot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, that, uh, she was hot. And she was black. Wow. So that, um, when I got back here to the States, <laughs> as I call it, um, all the black comedians were like, so I heard you fooled around with Patrice. I'm like, that's impossible. How, what, do you have a network? Because <laughs> that was the first time that ever happened. You were the one who spread was, that rumor. So don't, well, I, that was, I your, was you know, going to spread anybody. it, but apparently. Uh, <laughs> she didn't tell anybody. You were the one who had to tell somebody. <laughs> well, that's the way I liked it. But it, no, I couldn't even believe it. I was like so happy. I was just like, hey. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool, baby. You know how it so is. That, yeah. It's cool, rat. Right? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> so you started a rumor and mm-hmm. it worked. But so, I, yeah, I don't know whether we ever talked about that before. Where we. Now, we've known each other for a really long time, right. but I'm not sure why, because we have another mutual friend, Steve Klein, right. whose uh, other, I guess, co-worker was on this podcast two months ago in uh, Gilbert Gottfried's wife, Dara Kravitz. Did you also no. know her? But you were in the music business with Steve? or No, I was going out with a girl who worked in the same office as he did. Was that the same one that Dara was working in, or do you know? I mean, I don't know. I might know her. Because it was weird, because then when Dara and I saw each other, we recognized that we kind of knew each other from the 90s or something. So we must have met. She said, you're the guy who slept with that black girl in Los Angeles I wish she did. Um, No, so we must have met then. In the yeah, 90s at, at some at point. Steve's parties. And yeah, right. Uh, the one on at uh, Central Park South. Yeah, Central Park South. Like one of the marathon parties the marathon or something. Marathon parties, yep. Yeah. Few, yeah, that's, I was always at those parties. Yeah, you know, I was just telling um, Rachel Feinstein was here. I don't know if you know her. Um, last weekend I was telling her about Camille and that time that she that he was kicking her out of the place and she got into the short shorts and the tank top and then called the cops and then... He was like, I want her out of here. And then he looked ridiculous, you know, like, like okay, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they arrested him just for stupidity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, was, uh, you but know, that was, was those awesome. were fun times. Those were, you know, Steve always had good parties. He was a, the coolest of all guys. I mean, you're pretty cool, too. Well, Steve and I was once watching the marathon. We got there early and it was like, right. It was just he would have these marathon parties in the morning. Ch- people would show up like at 1.30 in the marathon. The guys <laughs> who were really quick used to finish the marathons very quickly. Yeah, so Steve over. and I were once like, I guess got there early like i think it was like 11 o'clock and the guy was coming down 59th street and the cop car peeled off to the right 
to let them just finish the the race by themselves and the guy the main guy the lead runner followed the oh. and we were screaming no no <laughs> really yeah and the guy just the guy who was in second just took off and I, then, th- I remember that yeah. I didn't and then know the that guy you came saw out, that happen we saw that we were screaming no I absolutely remember was it a Mexican guy or was it a Kenyan so the guy came out came he was running out and car. just ended up catching up to the guy who overtook him and wow. then ended up winning the race. The guy that w- went the wrong way. Went the I wrong way. totally remember that. Yeah, it was crazy. But it's like I just like I can't crazy. remember it and I Steve remember Steve and I were just no we were screaming. <laughs> well he had that great he had a the balcony that looked right the over balcony, it. Balcony, yep. That was a great party. Mm. That was a great party. Yeah, that was super fun every I year. I always felt guilty because, you know, after a while you stop watching and there are people who are running twenty six miles and everybody doesn't even care. You yeah. Know, they're in drinking and you're just every once in a while you look out and you feel so guilty because But he had other parties in that too. Yeah, he would have yeah. nighttime parties too. Yeah. I mean he was the funnest of all guys yeah. because I mean his not only was he, you know, cool looking <laughs> Impishly cute. Yeah, but like. he also I mean, his job was to take out, you know, Motley right. Crue and right. show him a good time. Right. I right. mean, that is a job. It's a good crew. I could maybe do once, and and everything would have to go right for me. <laughs> but he would do it every night. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, was the those shit. Guys, and those guys had those crazy, like they were able to just spend money like crazy. Yeah. If you weren't spending enough money, they were figuring out what you were doing wrong. If you weren't now, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. But. Yeah. Back then, it was crazy. Where, and where did you work? In music, though? I was I was in L.A. I came back then, and I was casting movies. And Wait, what year was You that? were casting movies? That might have been before. No, Wouldn't I was, have yeah, I moved been back all over your casting, shit if that was the case? I was casting and... movies. That's probably, yeah, I probably didn't tell you. I, was, I came back from L.A., and I was casting movies, and that was probably 19. You didn't think to put me in any of the, I mean, how could you do that to me? Well, I mean, Fist Boy would probably work <laughs> You know. What movies were you casting? Uh, I was doing a lot of um, Ivan Reitman movies. I was working with someone named Michael Chinich because I used to work for John Hughes. Well, I know. Michael, we were going to get to that. We were going to get, but the person, John, uh, the head of John's company was Michael Chinich, who was a very well-known casting director. He did Coal Miner's Daughter. He was like Animal House. He was like one of the premier casting people. Wow. So when he stopped working for John Hughes... Um, he would he wor- he started to work for Ivan Reitman, and then that's when I started. So, to, what did you cast? What Ivan Reitman? Uh, kindergarten, kindergarten cop. Wow. Uh, what I'm trying to think. Uh, I could have played one of those. The kids. Billy Crystal. What was the Billy Crystal? Running Robin Williams. Oh, Father's oh. Father's Day. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you cast that wrong. Ghostbusters too. Ghostbusters too. I never heard of that one. Yeah, that was the pre- <laughs> yeah this. Yeah. That was um. That's a bad film. What? Ghostbusters two. Yeah, well, the first one was... first one's unbelievable. Yeah. That's why it's like, I, I don't know how you can't... Do you think it's... Un- you know, I haven't seen it in a long time because I hated it so much the se- first time I saw it. Ghostbusters 2? Yeah, have you seen it? Do you think it maybe is okay now? Mm, I don't know how that would age. I don't know. Mm. I mean, the Ghostbusters, the first one, still hold, yeah, up, still hold up so well yeah, that really when those amazing. girls did it, it just bombed because right. nobody, everybody was like, they no, the first one's time. still good. People were disgusted with it before it even came out. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. And it's funny because those are all really funny girls. Yep. And uh, they couldn't it. get it to work. I didn't I see didn't it see either. It, so I, I, I can't. I I have watched a little bit and it's unwatchable. I, I haven't seen it. But we'll all be happy to put my two you know, cents in it. You when, um, you know, I used to kind of worship Ivan Reitman in so many ways. I mean, because I watched all his work from Meatballs. Meatballs um, and because and he, you know, worked with Bill Murray all the time. So right. Stripes. Right. And... Uh, 
in between Stripes and Meatballs, there was something huge. Um, legal Eagles? No. Well, did do legal yeah. Eagles. No, I know he did Legal yeah. Eagles. That has one of my favorite Rod Stewart song soundtracks of all time. They <laughs> love Touch. touch. Who's, who's uh, Robert Redford, Deborah <laughs> Winger, Daryl Hannah. Oh I know the whole God. thing. I, I loved Legally. I, I like Terrence Stamp. Uh, Terrence Zod? Stamp played the bad guy. Isn't that Zod? No, Terrence oh. Stamp played the bad guy. Yeah, no, but isn't that Zod from Superman 2? I think it might be. I think you all might right, be. That's all I wanted to know. I think, I think you, you are a player, Dave. <laughs> well, um, wow, I can't believe people, women are wait, not. Wait, wait, wait. What's in between? Where, right? It's, it's, unbelievable. it's unbelievable. Like yeah, that girl at the coffee of, shop. All I had to do was tell her all these movies. He's movie not even there. looking at his phone to look this stuff up. <laughs> this is the wealth of knowledge just pouring out of his mouth. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, wait. Uh, he had something in between Meatballs and Stripes. Um, I'm missing a really. Stripes. A really powerful one, like like I mean, a really great Bill Murray. Uh, after meatballs. meatballs, what did he do? Stripes, I think. Like, stripes was, was, was just Caddyshack in between, but that wasn't but that Ivan Reitman. That was that was uh, that was. Uh, no, I know. John Landis did that. Yeah, no, and National Howard Ramos and, and, and stuff, Ramos. right? And Doug Kenny, who was unbelievable. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, um, David Wayne just uh, directed the movie about Doug Kenny documentary. Yeah, where he's, he was incredible. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, Nice but, guys finish a lunch. That's what he said. It was fantastic. Doug Kenny said yeah, that? Yeah, nice guys finish a lunch. Wait, you knew him? No, I didn't know him. I just thought he was, I, I loved, you know, but, he did uh, the National Lampoon College high school yearbook, which right. is also. Wasn't that also John Hughes? Didn't well, he? I don't know if John Hughes did that, worked on that, but I think. He did some form of National Lampoon thing. Yeah, he wrote for National Lampoon. He well, wrote I guess, My Vagina. Do you ever see, read the thing, My Vagina? No, you're being serious, right? I'm no, totally I, serious. Um. No, but I just I think I was reading about it the other day when I was. He said he up woke stuff. up woke up in the morning and realized he had a vagina. He felt like punching it right in the face. That was. One of the- <laughs> I wait. So the, um, I'm, I'm just trying to. Th- First, I wanted to tell you this one thing. Ivan Reitman. <clears throat> my my mother's last name is Reitman, and unfortunately, I think I look like him, so we're pretty sure we're related. He's Canadian. My, my mother Canadian. had been wanting me to call him up. And say, I think I'm I related. Same, I have the same last name as you. Put me. I probably wrote him a letter at one point. Well, we look alike, and he's and he's gross. Canadian, so I don't know. How'd your mother spell her last name? What was it? All right, the same, same way. Spelling? Same, same way. Did you um, work on private parts? No. Did you cast uh, that Howard Stern. No, I didn't do that. Was that. All right, so let's the thing. Okay, well, first of all, let's get into the other thing too. So then we technically remet. Each other, we knew each other, but we didn't hang out, even though we partied together, which is what uh, people do. Yeah, okay. in the big city, right? Um, and we're socialites. Uh, but then we remet at the Nets game. At the Nets game, <laughs> which I sit next so to one funny. of your uh, 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 best friend, friends from high school, <laughs> which I had no idea who he was until another one of your friends sat down next to us. And I'm Lawrence like, Lerman. Lawrence Lerman, and I'm just like, oh my god, that's. So and then I realized that's I've been sitting next to him for I think over a year. Yeah, maybe, yeah. We so Lee Marakis has he's been on the show and he's had he has seasons, oh he has been on yeah the show. he wow. had early on until I he realized it was bad for his career right um, and then <laughs> so he had season tickets to the Nets game and just complete coincidence seats right next to you right next right next but you're in a higher tier section a higher tier. there's a glass partition, <laughs> a glass between, partition. which i'm trying to get made higher <laughs> and, as and donald trump also, said every time he talks i add 10 feet to the 
partition. And sometimes, you, and you always bring different people. Sometimes you bring your uh, partner, uh, <laughs> right? But she's there most of the time. Who I love. She's she's great. she's so nice. She's nice. Um, and then you bring uh, these other fellows, uh, whatever. They all seem very nice. But uh, the best is I, I annoy the hell out of you because you also have the free tickets. We get for the, the all food. You can eat food yeah. Right, right. But I hate that food area. But Lee always <laughs> makes me go up there. I don't. There's nothing it's I want to eat for free. of the food so up hard. there. Because what I really like going to the Nets games for, when Lee invites me, I don't care to see the Nets. I just want those buffalo bites from that one place. <laughs> and, to, right, and hope they, break, they beat the point spread, right? Well, and that they beat the point spread. Right. But um, they have these buffalo bites at the Nets games that are so good. And I usually don't like fries, but if I put the fries, I put some relish on it and some barbecue. It's making my mouth water right now. Jeez. Those buffalo bites are put fantastic. Put your pants back up. You're making me nervous. Because, wait, this is what... Um, I used to be a huge Nets fan when they were, me and Lee used to be huge Nets fans where they were out in Jersey. 2000, 2001, New Jersey Nets. <laughs> New Jersey Nets. I wasn't. I wasn't. I know you weren't. I know. <laughs> at one forward at 610 in his fifth year out of Utah, number 44. Keith Wow. Going all the way back. <laughs> wow. You have everything queued up here. I have to be careful what I at say. At forward, the University of Cincinnati in his second year in the NBA. Select the play in the 2002 NBA All-Star Rookie Challenge. Number six, Kenyon Martin. Uh, <laughs> right? Very nice. I'm At very impressed by all the sound effects. Out of Washington, number 11, Todd McCullough. I don't remember that guy at all. Going through these, the whole lineup. Now, these are the Jason Kidd one, you know, yeah, team yeah. and stuff, and they, they went to the finals, I think, that year. So if we talk about haunted houses, you're going to have a squeaky door opening, oh. a creaky door? I yeah, know. you always have that. I figured. I always have something going on. You know, like, I, I mean, if not... I have to be careful not... the way I, we, we uh, move this along. I have to be careful what I say. Well, you know... you I... have everything at your fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're welcome. Do you have a rim shot or no? There you go. Thank you. But, um... Uh, so, yeah, so it's so funny because I, I was a huge New Jersey Nets fan. And it, Lee and I used to go to all the games. Uh, the playoffs were so much fun because wow. it was, you know, warmer. We They'd have, you know, fun outside, you know, in the right. stupid Meadowlands. And then when they moved, I just was like, fuck this. I really was angry. I like New Jersey teams. like the Devils fuck still. This. They're moving into a beautiful arena instead of the place that it was. I, I like that came. place. Oh, yeah, it was nice. So when... So, Mike, so when did you, did you get tickets as soon as they came to Brooklyn? No, no. what happened was I was walking on, uh, near Port Authority, and that's where the, I was, I was walking near Port Authority, and that's where I knew the ticket office was, and I walked up to the, ticket, to, to the ticketing, you know, the, uh, what do they call it, where they sold the tickets. The, they, the New York, the Brooklyn Nets had a, uh, an office set up there for people to buy season tickets. Oh. And I walked up in there, and I'm just like, I'm going to buy season tickets. Wow. And I bought season tickets. Just and like I that. I called Elizabeth and I'm like, you're not going to believe what, we, what I just did. She and goes, at that Why? time, you had a place in Brooklyn. Yeah. And you lived right near the new arena. <laughs> About 10 minute walk, 15 minute walk. Because you walk there all the time or did you take a yeah, car? Yeah, we, we run so late that we usually take a car service. It's funny because every time we get there, you're already sitting there. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like that Seinfeld episode where uh, the, the, the midget and Kramer, they don't know which girls they like, so they decide to get there early. And, see, and those girls, no matter how early they get, those girls are already there. Yeah. That's the way you never walk. In. You're always there before we get there. How's that I, possible? I also have season tickets to the Islanders. And, well, and I know. So I I, gonna... Some nights I just sleep there. I sleep <laughs> it the seems that on the, way. On the, uh, the... 
So wait, so you just bought season tickets and you love it because it's fun. And then, yes, then when the Islanders moved to the same arena, you also got Islanders tickets. I got Islanders tickets. And you told me, which is the most fascinating thing to me at all time because we're, you know, the same age. (laughs) And you say, I like to have something to do every Every night. night. If it's if it's not, it's the most fascinating thing I've ever heard really, of in my life. I do. I go to museums. I go to theater. I do. I do a lot of stuff every it's a, night. I but do it's something. amazing that you want to do that. It's like you know, I, I like going out, but I also like staying in. No, I just and I can't like do it every night. I have to do it every night. It's in my why. Brain. I just I just love getting. I mean, out that is there. the way to be. I love going out for dinner. I love the energy of it. I just Lee has his season tickets are shared. You go to, go to every, every game, game I think I and every I Islanders game. I don't want to admit game. how many games. I, I, no, I do share the Islander seats. Oh, thank so goodness. That, <laughs> otherwise, I would be there too much. And they're all-you-can-eat seats, so the you know I would be pretty much the size of a small. Well, that was the best part of you, too. When we first came, the first night I came there, um, you always you have the all-you-can-eat food, but you bring it down so you have it wrapped up and no, ready no. to go. No, no, I bring it down for Elizabeth because she she works. She comes from work. And I just hand her her plates while she she sits down, and oh, I give that's her so food. nice. Yeah. Oh, because I thought you were just have it for us when we were there because no, no. you had knishes wrapped up yeah. and stuff that I like. Bring from the home. first day that, that you had ice cream home. sandwiches. I oh, is that true? No, no, I'm oh, <laughs> no, I have. I bring it down. No, seriously, you had a huge shopping bag full of shopping food. bag. That's what it seemed like the first time we were there. Well, I have a, an ice. I bring an ice chest with me, and I <laughs> and I have two pairs on well, tap. I assume at this point because the net stinks so bad, they would probably let you do whatever the fuck you want you are a really good season ticket yeah, holder. Really Not good only don't you come holder? to the games, I mean, you do go to every game, but, you know, you up your, you know, you, I mean, you keep buying them. You know still, I mean? Yeah, I can't get enough of it. I and can't get enough of the losing. Stink. I cannot get, they stay distinct. They're um, going to get better. They're, they're, they, they do play tough, those guys. Just today, in the paper, D'Angelo Russell was quoted as saying he wants to be a net for life. And I want to be a net fan for life. So there's a difference. He's getting paid, what, $18 million, and I'm giving them money, so... <laughs> Who's the, who's it's doing just, but it's so you don't care you don't care about the Nets whoever was playing there you I mean no, now, 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 now you're like right Nets right fans. now you're huge just like yeah. Lee is yeah yeah um, I wish you know I don't got a team anymore I you know first it obviously like the Knicks then I totally went all Nets and now I just hate everybody I was a big Knicks fan I yeah used me to too. stay in on like growing up when the Trent Tucker was on the team we used to stay in I used to stay on Friday nights watch it and then go out and then we a friend of ours. Steve Nash, who plays for the Phoenix Suns. Wait, he's your friend? Yeah, he's a friend of ours, and we became huge Phoenix Suns fans. I would, like, I love Steve Nash. In yeah. fact, that's the last Nick game I went to see. They played the Suns in his like final game or something, yeah. and uh, I was totally well, rooting for the Suns. Well, then, then he he moved to the Lakers, but we became huge Phoenix Suns fans. You're friends with him. He's yeah. so cool. Yeah, he's cool I like guy. him. Uh, is he, I mean, it, does he live here now? What, is no, he, what does he, he do now? He does. He he works for uh, as a special consultant for the uh, Golden State Warriors. He, he owns really? a soccer team. He, well, yeah, he has but a he production film production company. And once he became a consultant for the Warriors, they started winning championships. He works with I mean, Kevin Durant and I think Steph Curry a little. But he works with Kevin Durant. Well, they must love. Now yeah. he must be one he's of the great. sought after guy. people of all time. Yeah, he's if brilliant. they, he's a, he's really. Right. He somehow changed their game. Yeah. I don't know if it was him, but he, well, he, he was definitely played a part. He in, showed up, and yeah. all of a sudden, they started winning championships. Yeah. So, um, so that was wow. after he retired. So we became Phoenix Suns fans, and then he, re- he went to the Lakers, and then... Yeah, he just that's where he finished, right? Yeah, the he got injured, and then we st- I stopped following the... La- you know, I was, I was ready to be a Lakers fan, and then he got injured like the second game. And then we became... But before he went to the Lakers, he almost... 
got traded. To, he almost decided to play for the Knicks. And That's I was what like, I thought. Right, and right. Because I, like, oh, I think my. I was at the game just before. No, no, no. Because I saw him with the Suns. So that so it went Suns, Lakers, Knicks. So right. then I, don't, I just remember there was a rumor about him going to the Knicks. And then it was like, oh, my God, if he's that would playing be for the Knicks, for it would have been unbelievable. I would have been going to a game a night. And then I you would have been on the floor seats. for the Knicks, for the Nets. So. Well, you would have had, you would have had floor seats too. I don't know about that. You don't think so? No, thirty five hundred dollars to watch. I can the, get floor seats to the Sixers, but who wants to go to Philadelphia? Right. Well, now my, it's tough to get. I know my cousin owns the team. There you go. Mm. Let's see you do it now. He's throwing that out there. Well, the thing dropper. is, it's kind of funny. He has he owns the Sixers and the Devils, and this year, after owning them for five years, both of them are going to the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, and they, every I was just looking at the the. Uh, how people thought that they were going to do in the standings this year before the season started, and the Devils were all the way at the bottom. So and were the Sixers. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's good. It's yep. good stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So okay. So then, I found out which I did not know that you were working for John Hughes, right? In the heyday. In the heyday. Well, I st- I started to work for John Hughes. Uh, what happened was I moved to L.A. And um, what did you go to school for? This, this is a good. I have a good story. I went to economics and I minored in filmmaking. Oh, okay. But before I started to work for John Hughes, Elizabeth loves this story. I was uh, working at uh, being a production PA for for things. That's how I started. I started with John Hughes as a PA. So um, I was uh, I got a job working for uh, on a commercial, an Emory Air Freight commercial. So my job was to drive the wardrobe van. So. Uh, I had a tendency to, I, I oversleep every once in a while. So, you know, the you calls were very. going out all night? Yeah. So we, we the, the shoot was in Zuma Beach and I was, I was living in West Hollywood at a friend of mine's house. She let me stay there while I was trying to figure out what was going, what I was going to do. Wow. So uh, I overslept and I had the wardrobe van and it was a huge commercial. It was like a massive commercial, like millions of dollars at extras. And I woke up. And I realized when I woke up, oh, my God, it was like an hour and a half late. Oh, my God. So You're I like w- stacks and Goodfellas. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. So I drove there. I got there. And they said, where were you? I said, well, the car broke down on the, on the PCH. And then, you know, I was friendly with everybody who worked on the commercial. They liked me. So, uh, you know, the, you realize there's a phone every, like, 15 feet on the PCH. And no matter what highway you are in, in L.A., there's a phone every 15 feet. So... But back then there weren't cell phones or anything. Right, right. So that they sort of Thank gave goodness. me a mulligan <laughs> on that one. That was pretty ridiculous. Um, and everybody was waiting for me to get there. And then, and then after, um, so, you, so I can't believe you moved to LA. I mean, I know I should have done that right after school too. It's ballsy to move out there. You know, I was like a little nervous. But you wanted to get into that. You preferred yeah, that I, instead yeah. of. Yeah. So I, when you were in Cornell, I didn't even know they had a film minor sort of, there. My my film teacher hated me. She despised me. And um, I was uh, during like the last film. I, I made this film. It wasn't very good. So I made it, and my film caught fire in the projector. <laughs> And she took pity on me. And then all of a sudden after that, all like the head banging that was going on between us, I used to argue with her all the time about film. And she just sort of like lightened up on me. And we had like, I remember the party after like the, after the premiere, they had in a a big hall at Cornell, like as everybody's final projects. And my, literally I'm watching it. Everybody thought it was an effect of the (laughs) celluloid burning up. I like when your film just burst into flames. That was was perfect also because it was pretty terrible. 
That's a, I didn't know they had a film school. I yeah, probably would have taken one. a course there yeah. or something. I, yeah. I, I took one course there in like criminology or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to do, uh, be a CSI way before they, that That's even was a thing. That's why you're dusting everything now, I realize. <laughs> I didn't know, understand why you had exactly. to Exactly. I, I need that. to know what's happening. You took my glass and put it in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> I'm concerned. I have that spray where I can get right. your fingerprints. So then, so then I, I moved out to L.A. and was working as a PA. I got a job in a, in a commercial production company and... Um, was driving around one night listening to Love Line and John Hughes was on. I'm just like, oh my God, I'd love to work for this guy. What year was this? Just 1986. Okay, so he just finished Pretty in Pink. Um, Yeah, he he, he was in post-production on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's when I started. Oh, that's when you started. My first day of work there was my birthday and Matthew Broderick came into the office and it was like my first, you know, and he... I found his wallet in the bathroom, in the office bathroom, and he came running back. Oh my God! Oh my God! And I'm like, "Thank you!" And then that was my. Oh, that's ex- that that's an exciting, exciting first story. day. Yeah. yeah, very exciting. And you worked as a production assistant for. I started John as a production or? assistant, and then, um, and then one day John said, "I had a friend coming to visit me from New York, and a friend of mine was coming out to visit, and he's I, John, you said you better get home and pack because you're coming to Chicago with me to work." Be my assistant, and she's having a baby. So, yeah, that movie. That movie, yeah. Kevin Bacon, Alec Baldwin. Oh, I know it. I have the uh, listen to this trailer. It just even sounds kind of horrible. Um, well, it was his. It was John Hughes's life. That was his. Is that it was right? Based, based on his life. Yeah, he was a copy editor. Oh wow, you are really. Well, it's funny. I tell you Kristen, wilt thou have this man to be thy husband? Wow, I have a good story to say wilt about thou, this. Jefferson, good. Have this woman to be thy wedded wife. Will thou provide her with credit cards? They used to make four bedrooms, two and one half bath home. Will thou listen patiently to long stories about kids' colds, kitchen tower clothes, shoes, make a pair of sore feet, and decorate her six foot covers? Well, I will. I pronounce that Tristan and Jefferson are husband and wife. In every married life, there are certain now, key phrases that ignite the imagination. I just like I like the Once music dinner, later on when it gets wacky. You don't like fish? music in those because it's very, no, but this one's a bad. Overwhelming to have uh, Rupert. John Hughes. That's Tracy Thorne a, doing apron strings. I think doing what? Apron strings. I think that's what that was. Tracy Thorne. Yeah, Tracy Thorne from Everything But the Girl. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. But in this, when they get to like it's a, it's just for the trailer because he right. he has amazing musical taste. Right, right. It's, that almost was, changed. Society in the sense of exactly. his musical taste, yep. but Brilliant. in this, that's why it's funny when you hear it later. It's just a wacky '80s tune. Yeah. He started the phenomenon. What the are you going to do with your life? John was yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. You have a BA in mass yeah, languages. Yeah, this is Apron playing. What was your minor? Oh, okay, in the background. Elizabethan poetry. Let's not fight. You're not sleeping in this bed. Oh, really? Anywhere but in this room or in this bed. So what do you want me to do, huh? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Just my parents are coming over. Getting serious. Because you were there when they were making all this stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. I was right there. And and the That's interesting amazing. part about it is, my brother went to college with Alec Baldwin. They were friendly in college, and Alec Baldwin was in the movie. He played his his not nice best friend. Oh, is that movie. right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, this is oh, I had a connection. I had a connection with Alec, and then John loved it because John was kind of shy and you know didn't. I used to go out for dinner with Kevin and Alec all the time, and like you know see what was going on, how they felt about stuff, and. Really? And I had that connection with Alec because he knew my brother, so it was sort of... And so, yeah, they felt about stuff during filming the movie and stuff like that. Yeah, like, And yeah. so John appreciated that because they were yeah, like, I yeah. don't think Kevin likes when you call him Kevin. No, he you was... Know, everybody loved John. He was pretty amazing. 
Right, that's what I've heard. And I think I've, I've never heard a bad word about Kevin Bacon as well. Yeah, he's a great guy. Now, Alec Bold went on the... Oh, he's, 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 he's no, I, I'm sure he's, he's great awesome. I just, you know, I've already heard, you know, you hear the things, but you know he's awesome because otherwise he just couldn't well, the post says he's have awful. lasted this long. The post long. says he's awful. But. Yeah, but I've heard other, I have other friends that are friends with him too and they just say he's the greatest. What is this? What, is this dirt on here? Wait, I'm just wow. waiting. If I tell you something, will you promise not to get mad? Okay, I promise. I'm waiting for the wagon. I stopped taking the pill. <laughs> here it is. It's the 80s. This is horrible. Who is this? This is David Wakeling from Dave Wakeling from um, from uh, she's having a baby from uh, I just went totally blank and Rankin Roger. I forgot the name of the group. It'll come to me in a but second. But it's so 80s sounding, and but it sounds it sounds like like something they would make David up on. Tenderness, David for later. He, they see saying Dave Wakeling. He was in uh, I just Ten- went, tenderness. Yeah, that's Dave Wakeling. But but this song is horrible. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's a, this particular song. It wasn't horrible then. People thought it was. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. It's know. so 80s. It yeah. doesn't hold up, and it sounds like something South Park would make fun right. of if they were doing a joke in the 80s. Kevin Bacon, Elizabeth McGovern, Kevin Bacon, Elizabeth McGovern, in a new film by John Hughes. By John Hughes. It's been 48 hours since our last coalition. My temperature is optimum. I'm ovulating. I have the pillow set up in the position. You can watch TV if you get bored. Here's to successful fertilization. <laughs> She's having a baby. That song was out before, or he, did he ask them to write a song called She's Having a Baby? No, I think they wrote that for that. They wrote it for that. I'm pretty sure they did. Because this is the reason I bought it, because it's not like Pretty in Pink, which was already out, right? Right, that was a psychedelic first. Right, right, right. That right. was, yeah. <laughs> wow, you can Yeah, and then he came up with the title from this song, right? It yeah, was like already some kind of wonderful with uh, Eric Stoltz. That was based on a song. I don't think of the song was, but it was a song title. So. Right, right, right. But this is the reason why I brought up the uh, the eighties thing because it reminds me of um, this. This is the. Uh, you know what this is from? Yeah, I'm not doing it. I do know what this is from. <laughs> it sounds like Saturday Night Live, but it's not Saturday Night Live. No, no. No, I don't know what this is from. I probably do. It's, um, it's the, the theme to Jerry, the pilot they do in Seinfeld. Oh <laughs> Wasn't a big Seinfeld watch. Well, I'm just, it's just funny because they tried to make it sound 80s. 80s. You know? oh, that's why yeah, that yeah, song, yeah. She's Having a Baby, the oh. first thing I thought of was this. Was this thing. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm like it just sounds so 80s and meanwhile now that you mention who this guy is who is doing it I mean he's done I mean um, his song ends clueless <laughs> the movie well, I now I have to look it up I'm gonna have to use my machine look here. up what Dave Wakeling to see what band he was in save it for later it's gonna well if you're talking crazy. about tenderness if that's his band is that I just uh, I usually have that's not phone. the English beat that right? is the English beat that's exactly how about that right. that was without the phone but you're, that is without the phone, but looking at your computer. No, so I, 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 did not, I did not look. I didn't okay. type anything in. That's the English in. speed. He was in the English speed. Okay, that's what I... Um, so Dave Wakeling. But they, there was, he always had great people. Billy Bragg on the, the soundtrack. The English speed is the... Isn't um, that the shirt Sting is wearing in the uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me I video? believe it is. I believe it is. But so John, was about those always, guys. John was always on the cutting edge of... You know, that music yeah, was why cutting was he? I mean, if you look at him, he doesn't look the like... Smith. He was just brilliant. He just knew... I mean... 
it, it, it's rather fascinating that he started, especially the Breakfast Club is uh, legendary for that. But I mean, I, even at 16 Candles, or definitely um, Pretty in Pink, where the, the orchestra John didn't direct Pretty in Pink. He wrote, no, he wrote it. Right, right. So that's the other thing I was going to ask you. You wrote that, do know all this that. stuff. Like, when did he choose to direct something or why did he choose to just write something? And apparently from doing my little research here, he was just a writing fiend. He was, yeah, I used to, I used to, he used to write in the pool house of his house and just sit back there typing. And I used to change music while he was doing it. And he used to change. He used to smoke. So you used to watch him write. What yeah. were you watching him write? Just what particular trains and automobiles. And yeah, it was incredible. Did you ever get to see pieces of it? Yeah. Well, no. Because I, I never heard um, he had a, he had a stack of scripts next to his desk that was like. Do you know crazy. who Paul Hirsch is? Yeah, the the editor. He said that he had a trance-like concentration to his script writing process, working for hours on end, would later shoot the film on essentially, he was talking about Ferris Bueller, he wrote it in less than a week, he wrote 16 Candles in a Weekend, yeah. and the first draft of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles in three days. He had a book where he used to have the titles of the, of the uh, he had a little pad, the titles of the movies, and then next to it, how many days it took him to write it. I mean, people write scripts, it takes them years. years. He used to write them in three or four days. Incredible. And, they were, and he used to and have a, a stack of them next to his desk. And I mean, you, if you look at his, his track record, I have you know, all the films that he's written or directed. And uh, there's right here, I mean, how many is one, two? He, did, he couldn't like, direct all of them at the right, right, he, right. He did two movies a but year. Just, did right, that. two movies a year. I'm talking about it. Starting with National Lampoon's Class Reunion, that's the first movie that he wrote. He I didn't wrote even that. know he wrote Mr. Mom. Right. You wrote Vacation. Right. I don't think people Realize remember that. You think it's right. Harold Ramis. Right. And he, he did other ones on their pseudonyms. Right, right. Uh, uh, right. That was later on. Um, he, he wrote and directed 16 Candles. Right. That was his first one. And then The Breakfast Club. Right. And uh, then he wrote European Vacation. Or right. maybe, did he write it or was he just credited with that? He might have been credited. With, I don't know if he, he wrote, wrote and directed Weird Science. Home Alone, he wrote. Well, I know, right. right. And then uh, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink. This is, so he did The Breakfast Club and Weird Science all in 85. Right. In 86, he did Pretty in Pink. We wrote it. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which he wrote and directed. Right. In 87, he did Some Kind of Wonderful. But don't forget, he, the 87, that's when it came out. So he was doing that before it even came out. Right, right. So, so I'm incredible. just saying... So they he came, was doing like three movies a year. Right, directing writing, two and then having oh someone else gosh. direct them. Some kind so of wonderful... directed pretty, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Like what, how did he decide what he wanted to direct and he just was like, I want to direct this just, one? Or yeah, that, I guess that's how he... Whatever was the most right, important to right. him. Because it's funny because I think people think of it, at least Pretty in Pink out of all of those Brad Pack-like movies that he... That's a John Hughes movie, right? But they don't. A lot of them don't realize it's that Howard Deutsch, who I still think is directing now. I just saw. Yeah, he did. He did Grumpy. Old. His daughter is Zoe Deutsch, the actress. I don't know who that who is. Was in uh, the the movie with James Franco? Was it Why Him? Oh, she's I don't a know. pretty. Big, oh, that was recently. And that she's, comedy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It was bad, right? Or, uh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, she's having a baby, and he wrote The Great Outdoors. The Great Outdoors. I never knew that was yeah. with Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. and John Candy, yeah. right? So, did, but. If he just wrote that one, oh, he was also the producer, so he well, he worshipped John Candy, right? Yeah, they were good they friends. They were very good friends. Yeah, and he was, they were great and friends. quite frankly, after he died, he just kind of, it hurt him, yeah, right? That's I when think, he kind I of stopped. I, I, well, he died I soon in, after? Or? John died, I think, in 2009, so. And when did John right Candy die? John Candy died, uh, I think that was long before that. But it seemed to hurt him. They were it very good like, friends. Yeah, I heard they, they were, were very, very good friends, and yeah. it seemed like it... It stalled him. Yeah. He I, didn't write as much or at all anymore? It, or? Yeah, I think he just, I, I don't think it, it really, I think, shook him. 
Yeah, wh- why? Do you, I mean, They're I understand. They were great, great friends. I think they, you know, they talked a lot. But even like somebody like Dan Aykroyd, you know, after know, a period I, of time moved on. But, but Belushi John being Candy his and best friend. John Candy and John were very close friends. So were Belushi and Aykroyd. I'm just saying, I'm just making a point that I'm like, it's, it's amazing that he wasn't able to kind of move on that well he did he did later. other movies he did i think he did dutch and curly sue there well were yeah that's movies. why it's, it's funny uh so you, then he does uncle buck you know these, right. these are legendary just think of how many movies he did with johnny did planes trains and automobiles the great outdoors doors uncle, uncle buck. buck uh mm-hmm. i think he had a small uh, part. vacation yeah the, well that's where they met i right, think right right right, right. Um, i mean i don't know that was what, he was my favorite part in vacation yeah uh I don't think I could penetrate Bally the skin. World, yeah. I couldn't <laughs> penetrate the skin, sir. Incredible. I don't think you have bullets at all, Clark. <laughs> oh, he was amazing. John Candy really was, was the shit. And, you know, for me, I was a huge SCTV fan. So I was all about John Candy. Right. I was like, why isn't he more famous already? Right. It was driving me crazy when he shows up in Stripes. I'm like, they're like, oh, my God, John Candy's funny. I'm like, oh, is he? Yeah. John Jerk Candy. offs. Of course right. he's funny. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a genius and Splash and all that kind of stuff. I was like waiting. I was waiting for Eugene Levy to take off. Yeah. I didn't understand how them and Catherine O'Hara and Andrea Martin, what took so long? I, I was all SCTV. That is where I shaped SCTV. my entire... I, I, when we were shooting Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, John Candy's... Uh, pretty much idol was Jackie Gleason and he passed away we were shooting one night it was a Friday night I think it was a Friday night and we were doing an all night you know we started like at nine o'clock and we're going to the morning and for some reason I went into John Candy's uh, motor RV and I said oh did you hear Jackie Gleason just died and I pretty much my stupidity closed down the production for the night because John Candy went into like you know what is it with those fat comedians that worship <laughs> other fat comedians and they comedians are so obsessed that they end up dying just like the I fat comedians? I don't know. Now, Jackie Gleason lived a pretty long life. But he was, he was, John was Candy, John Candy's idol. And I right. literally shut down production that night. And, um, you know, in Caddyshack, when he, the, he puts the, he puts the, uh, the, the hose in the in the hole and all of a sudden the hole Bill Murray the Bill Murray and the yeah. and the, yeah, and, the, the and the golf course gets flooded and yeah. he skulks away that's yeah. what I did that night I literally skulked <laughs> away I literally skulked away oh I can imagine well that's what, but it's funny that those kind of guys they're all obsessed uh, Chris Farley they're you know all of them uh, obsessed with Belushi uh, Artie Lang they they like almost want to kill themselves because they don't want to live as long as their idols did or something. I mean I, I mean it's weird, right? Yeah. I, so Candy yeah. is of, of course he's obsessed with Jackie Gleason. I mean it's like it's it's weird that in fact he used to do an imitation of Jackie Gleason. I remember on the SCTV he would do the honeymooners and he would the way he would do it is be like, all right, pal. Like he would always show up as uh, Ralph with the the, the uh, bus uniform right, and everything. Right. He'd always say every, he would call everybody pal. Right, right. That was his because he couldn't. I love when Candy couldn't do an imitation, but he just had one thing that he had. <laughs> That he was able to, you know, do I'm it. I'm sure some of these guys idolize skinny guys, and you don't really realize. But it's know. just kind of funny because these fat guys seem to die very young. In like Chris Farley, clearly worshipped Belushi, and then he partied so much like Belushi yeah. to show his, you know, I mean, well, I, th- I don't know if it was. Uh, the fact that Artie isn't dead yet is a miracle. I don't know if he became a comedian because he loved John Belushi or because there was something inherently that he needed wanted to. Be a comedian. I'm just saying, it's kind of funny you say that John Candy's obsessed with Jackie Gleason. And yeah, but, he was, but Jackie Gleason, at least, but so John Candy just died of uh, being out of shape and heart, overweight. Yeah, huh? I'm, I'm not sure. I think he had a heart attack. And, but he wasn't a partier, right? He was, uh, 
He was just like eating bad, like yeah. all of us. Well, he was. Well, he was doing that movie about the Wagons West. East. Wagons East. There you go. With, with Richard Le- Lewis. Rich- and Eugene Levy was in it. I don't think. No, I don't think Rich- Eugene Levy was in. It. I think it was Richard Lewis. He was Richard Lewis. And yeah. right. Chandler from Friends, for some reason, was Matthew in it. Perry. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that's when he died. Yeah, it was Richard Lewis. Well, him and Eugene Levy obviously enjoyed working together because they used to work. They were very close. Right, uh, they used to. They hosted Saturday Night Live together once. Oh, I, I, wow, you are. Well, the funny thing about John Candy was, and you were lucky enough to meet him. I'm assuming he must have been very amazing, nice, right? Very nice man. And that's and it's funny. Here are two really funny guys, Eugene Levy and and John Candy. And apparently, John Candy just had this larger than life personality that everybody loved and of course the classic story to just say all that is the joe montana you know passing the super bowl <laughs> where you know he's, he's the down against the Bengals. then he's like hey guess who i just saw he's talking to the guys in the huddle i just saw john candy and then he throws the touchdown pass wins the fucking super bowl <laughs> like, right he's so excited that he saw john candy in the stands and then he used to own the toronto argonauts i think yeah. and he was just beloved yeah he was and a, eugene he, levy who really is just as funny as John Candy, and but in a completely different fashion, right. was no fun. <laughs> you see him on talk shows, he's not entertaining, he's not funny. Like uh, Christopher Guest, who is unfunny right. unless when he's in see, character. Right, 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 right. And it's just so funny that those guys were friends because, you know, John Candy was really... Brilliant. That whole second city. All brilliant, and yet, but John Candy was apparently the guy that was able to break up because he was just this... Off, off camera yeah, and he, he didn't even great. need to do anything he could just be himself right. and he was just charming and, and he, he wanted to watch in, whatever he was in, and in whereas Eugene Levy needed to be more in character right and, but but in Planes, Trains and Automobiles he was like heartbreaking in that you know that's what was so incredible about that scene alone I mean first of all um, I guess you're familiar with obviously John Hughes enjoyed writing for him as well is right. it only the lonely oh right 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 yeah I'll never forget seeing that movie and you know I just John Candy fan, so I'll go see whatever he's in. And he made a string of real bad films after a while. But that one was a very unknown, really interesting Maureen movie. O'Hara, yeah. And Ali Sheedy. Right. Interesting. Again, right. going back to, I would be surprised that he would use somebody like, she must have been nice, I guess, because, uh, you know, he didn't have to go back to the Brat Pack. Right, you right, know, right. He right, could right. choose anybody he wants. Right. Uh, that was an interesting matchup. Uh, but that movie is so interesting. And John Candy, I always said, should have been nominated. He was terrific in that. He should have been. People were saying he should have been nominated for Plain Strange. He absolutely because that they thought he was going to get nominated for that. He should have gotten nominated. People get nominated for such less, right? But that end scene, he wanted to be taken. He wanted to be taken as a serious actor, John. Well, the problem I think it was just you know it's just he was jolly. Well, Uh, he was he was great in JFK. Yeah, hey, Daddy O. Right, right. he was, he was amazing right. in that. Was and I was so happy to see him in yeah. something like that. He was great, but he was so beloved. That's why, um, you know, Spielberg, like, like all those kind of guys that made those kind of movies. I mean, he didn't do JFK, I know, but Oliver you know, Stone. Oliver Stone. Yeah. But I'm saying, wasn't was he also in um, 1942? 1941. 41. Yeah, I think. Yeah, right. right so Spielberg. Right. Well, Spielberg loved SCTV. Right. So right, he right, right. was getting all those guys, right. but um, uh, what we're saying about uh, Candy? Uh, oh, only the lonely. Oh, uh, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, that scene where, I mean, it's just, I think about it all the time. He goes, you know who likes me? My wife likes right. me. I like me. You know, whatever. I mean, that scene, he, he, I, that's what just made him so great. Yeah. He could be laugh out loud funny. And, and then he comes it. a scene like that. And also, there's this scene where he's, they're giggling and they're drinking the little bottles. Yeah. 
and he goes into the bathroom and he's still giggling. Yeah. I think about that every day when I'm like with a friend and we're having a good time. That's really good acting. He's just doing the close the door, but he opens it again and starts giggling because that's like real. Well, that that scene started like as like a, a Wait, quarter you were of a there? page. Yeah, I was sitting this, there. This it was in the motel room. So that <laughs> that scene started as like a quarter of a page. And the way John used used to direct is he used to let these guys just go off, and then the quarter of a page used to end up being like these ten minute long scenes. And I just remember John Candy ad lib. I think it was either John Candy or Steve Martin. They said they were ordering the pizza, and they said put. And and corn and nobody put <laughs> corn and now everybody puts everything on there. But it was so funny and just I don't every, remember that scene. Oh, Did they, they cut were, it out? No, it's it's in the movie. They, they're sitting in the motel. The no, pizza? they're ordering a pizza to be delivered. I don't remember that. I, I have to go rewatch. I'm pretty sure that's still in the movie. I feel that might have been cut out because I would have that, remembered that. That was just just to watch those guys just improvise. You were in the goddamn yeah, motel sitting, room. Yeah. That was filmed on an actual. Uh, no, no, that, that was on was, a set. That was on a set at Paramount. I can't because, believe yeah. you were there. That's yeah. unbelievable. And that's when he goes, uh, let's go down to Mexico. Let's go down to Mexico. You have the tequila and yeah, everything. Yeah. Did, he, did he improvise all that or was that part I, of I, I, I probably could find out if he did improvise. But I'm pretty sure it was just a quarter of a page that just got huge. And, um, or maybe like, a half you, a page. Like, were you, were you there for shooting of all of it? For, for most of Planes, Trains, and For all of She's Having a Baby, for most of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, it was pretty... When we went down to the Paramount lot, we were... Yeah, it was And where, where did you film a lot of the... Uh, I heard that there were problems that it... They were going... They were chasing all the snow, but it never snowed. Yeah, never snowed. Right, right, right. So that was crazy. That was... That like, was, where were you filming some of those airports? Was it all I around they Chicago? Went, they or? were in Buffalo. They went to Buffalo. I think part of it was in New York. And they were literally chasing snow around. And they never crazy. found any. And they never found. They would just miss it, or they would leave, and then it would snow after. And it was the part <laughs> where, which makes it a rated R movie, where he's just saying to Edie McClurg, uh, yeah. "Fucking, I need a fucking car right fucking now," which, yeah. which gave it the R rating. Right. Uh, do you know why? Like, why he chose to keep that in? To, that he didn't care that it was an R. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Or did he want the R rating because he wanted a more adult Because it was so funny. Film. It was so out of character for Steve Martin. And yeah. It was pretty Well, that woman. The, and McCoy. he likes using her, too, yeah. obviously. She I mean, was in Jesus Christ. Christ. Day right, right, and, of course. Yeah. He had a troupe of, like, you know, Preston Sturgis used to have this troupe of actors that used to work with him. And sort of John Hughes had that same sort of troupe yeah, of no, people. Yeah, no, clearly, right, clearly, yeah. So it was, it was like... How, how come he didn't use... You know, before the thing, how come he didn't use like Jeffrey Jones again or something? Like I, that? yeah, I don't, I don't know. But that guy he was like my favorite actor until he became a pervert. He used to, he used to have the same people working on the movies all the time. It was like a big family until I think Woody Allen does that too. Yeah, Woody Allen does. I guess the best guys that have a they're comfortable. You know, I mean, John I think Hughes, Steven Spielberg does the same thing. Yeah, I mean, John Hughes and those guys that we mentioned, Woody Allen and Steven Spielberg, they have a brand, right? And I guess when you have this Christopher Guest, uh, when you I have a brand, a brand. You know, I think they, they make well, them feel I mean, comfortable. He, he, it's a family. But they, I'm saying like he has a, he a niche. Those kind of iconic filmmakers that you know have a, a, a way they make films always seem to have a you know a group. The same group, and then yeah. these guys make movies all the time. Like it's not like these people are are know that. Woody Allen's going to make a movie a year. They know Steven Spielberg is, is very Oh, right, deliberate. so they can. that's so why that they, they can could, stay right. there. Right. A lot we, of people have to follow the jobs. Excellent point. I remember when Sarah Silverman was doing her show, they never gave the okay 
early enough to say we're going to do a second or a third season. So people, so everybody's scatter. waiting, and right. then they scatter. You can't right. keep the game together. Yeah, right. oh, people that makes have to a lot make a sense. living. Right, right, so right. That's, that's why John Hughes made two movies a year. So we would finish one and then start another one, pretty much right after. It's crazy. I, I just his work ethic is maybe that's what killed him. I don't know. <laughs> but I yeah. figure but by, just but, writing. Yeah, but he, he smoked a lot of cigarettes. But I don't know if that had anything. Oh, to do. oh of course it does. He 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 smoked when I was working for him. He would smoke like five packs of cigarettes a day. It's pretty well, crazy. yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, even if you quit after that. That'll do it. Yeah. Well, yes, that'll kill you early. Right. That's probably the only reason I'm not dead. Well, that was I am many unhealthy. years. Be- that was twenty years before. Before was, people, I don't knew. know what he's. I, I think I that's think what I'm saying. I don't think it. As much. Um, I, I think once you do it, uh, you're either doomed or you're not. Yeah. You know, like I, I think I it works one way. I think that happened with my dad. Um, you know, smoked a lot every day for a long time, then quit for twenty years. But I think the damage was done. Right. But so I, I can't believe you're working on trains. I mean, this is amazing, and thank you for doing the podcast yeah. because it's like a dream. This is the kind of stuff we talk about all the time. As yeah. you can see, you know, I'm knowledge filled with nonsense of and stuff. And you're foaming at the mouth. So I, I really am. I mean, yeah. this is very exciting. Um, so, like, uh, what, what, uh, like, uh, when they were doing the, you know, the iconic, um, what have it? This. What about this one? Is this on the road? When I knew you knew right away. I knew it's my. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. That's when the trunk came flying over the car. Yeah. Uh, that was really late at night. Had that they filmed that? Like, they, just they were, two cars going? That, I mean, a car, like, with a camera? like. No, that was probably... That was on a stage, and they just had a light going. Oh, it was? Back. Yeah, that was on a stage, and they had a light going back and forth, so it seemed like he was... Boy, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how they did that one. But I just remember that whole... And you were there for that. freezing at night, yeah. And it was freezing, and when the car spins... And so remember, wait, 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 how could it be freezing if they were on a stage? No, because they were doing exteriors. When they were doing the exterior of the shot of them driving, you're going the wrong way. Right, right, right. That's my that favorite. Was, yeah. I do the drinking... The, I'm imitating it now with the, my yeah. hand movement, but that's, like, I do that all the time to people in other cars. I just remember him with his fingers yeah. in the thing Doing pulling, the, oh, pulling it out yeah. of the thing, but uh, I you were there for that. Yeah, and you were there for like when they're when they're sitting on the trunk and the car's on fire. Yeah, Is that, that was, outside? That was outside. That was outside. Where? That was on a highway in uh, in the valley. In like, California? It was in California. How'd yeah, they close down the highway? They, it was it was like 1 a.m. in the 2 a.m. in the morning. It was like I remember driving home from that and the sun was up. It was like bright out. I was like, oh, I, you were trying to get home before the sun came up because you knew once the sun came up, you weren't going to be able to go back to sleep. So right. I just remember driving home. It was still dark. And then by the time I got home, And they just closed off up. the highway. Yeah, they though, closed so. off. It was, it was like, it wasn't a big, big, uh, it was like an off-ramp to the highway. Oh, Okay. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I mean, that's so cool. And that was in the script, I assume, or was it that might, also you know, it might, it might have been a main highway, but it was sort of out there. I just remember it was out there. Yeah, I would never the sp- would, so they must have been burning up in those, uh, in their, because they were pretending to be cold. Yeah, yeah, it was hot. It was, but just it was somebody cold. like John it was, Candy. No, but I mean, you know what? It was cold at night there. It was, it was, oh, uh, I guess it's the desert It was a, a little desert. Bit, right? It was, oh, it was cold. But I just, yeah, it was pretty amazing to watch them. And the scene where they they go uh, home to uh, Steve Martin's house at the end—that's in Chicago, right? That was on a set in at Paramount. That was on a set. Yeah. Damn it! I fall for it all the time. It's a, and they, you know <laughs> what? The how thing movies is, work, right? I know, but they use that set probably a hundred times, and I never notice it. Sometimes I notice when I see certain things. I know exactly because I've been on some of the sets, maybe at like 
Warner Brothers them. They have that one set, you know, that yeah, everybody that uses, use. like the like uh, the Gilmore Girls. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. a set that you no, see they on built so that many. Set. And you know the when they go crashing the the motel scene where he goes in and he says to, he puts his watch on his arm and is showing him the watch. And yeah, there. that was that was a set inside of a, a stage, and they when he backs up and destroys the the motel you know the other when he backs up and slams into the building that was all on a stage oh really yeah it's pretty amazing they built the whole it's the whole, god it looks so good it's amazing you know? yeah it's crazy i'm telling you it was amazing i love being there yeah we in the, our, are, are our you in office, the credits yeah Ugh. and and i have a small well and she's having a baby i have a very small part that i yeah, i know my seven dollars and 98 cents a year <laughs> but um i forgot what i was just gonna say i was gonna tell a story uh about you having a part in the movie no, I'll think of it if we. Um, that's what I was going to say. In uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, <coughs> when Layla Robbins is uh, sleeping and you know he's dreaming, he's sleeping and she's sleeping and they're showing her alone. Also, just to let you know, um, she's actually watching TV and it's she's having a baby on the TV, but she's having a baby it hadn't come out yet. Where, where did was, she get this copy? In-joke. That was the in joke of that was kind of the yeah. Well, I don't find that funny. You see. There's a guy who obviously pays attention. <laughs> that's what they, yeah, that's what they, what do they call those things? The, uh, the eggs, the Easter eggs. Yeah. That was we an Easter egg. You go back and you see yeah. an Easter egg. Those are the Easter eggs. And she's watching, she's, she's having, having a, baby, a baby, which is not even in the movie theater yet. Where did she get some special it's guys like, like you. that? It's guys like you. Meanwhile, this Layla Robinson's on this new TV show. She's horrible. I'm not, I don't, I will never say anything negative about somebody's acting performance. I don't have any problems with that. Uh, but what's, oh, now I remember I was going to say, but we were at Paramount, our offices were in Preston Sturgis's office. Who's Preston Sturgis? Preston White. Sturgis did The Lady Eve, Sullivan's Travels, Christmas in July. He's he one of the great, how could you not know him? I don't know. You know, when, when you're I named my dog name, after I'm, Sullivan. I'm, my dog's <laughs> name is Sullivan Sullivan. I, I, I don't know any of those Travel. movies. And the, the greatest, he was brilliant. He was one of the great writers. When you say, I thought it's that guy from Back to School. Palm Beach Story. Uh, who, uh, no, not, that's Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> no, no, the other guy was like, this is not a legitimate business practice, whoever that guy is. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking no, his No, Preston Sturgis <laughs> was one of the great comedy writers and directors How do I ever. not know that, though? But I didn't Brilliant. recognize any of the movies you just said. So the Lady Eve with Henry Fonda and, and no, Barbara Stanwyck. I hated Henry Fonda. I thought he was well, very overrated. That's the, the make a general, he'd very, okay, yeah. And how about... Um, yeah, give Sullivan's me one Travels. Never heard of Jill it. Jill McRae and... and, and uh, never heard of it. Never heard of it. No. Uh, what I'm trying to think. What else? Sixteen Candles? Sixty Palm Beach Story. I never heard of that either. Jill McC- no. Claude Colbert and... There must be something I must know of you his. Should, you should know these. If I've heard gonna, of the actors, but I've never heard of these movies. They're some of the, and they're comedies? They're unbelievable. Why comedies. wouldn't I know this? They're unbelievable comedies. Are you sure? Because a lot of those comedies I'm from sure. back then weren't very good. Those, those, these things hold stand up to the time. I mean, North by Northwest is a funnier comedy than the ones you just mentioned. Probably. I see them before you. Those, those movies stand up the test of time. All right, Sullivan's Travels. Sullivan's Travels. Not Gulliver's my, Travels. Sullivan's Travels is one of my favorite movies. Joel McRae plays a Hollywood director Joel who McCray decides he wants him. to stop and and go back to what to get what to understand why he was directing in the first place. You know, it, it's funny. Veronica what, Lake. Veronica Lake was in it also. Now I, you know, I, and he I, had a troop of people that work with him. I talk about <clears throat> this all the time. Where nowadays it's kind of funny. I feel kids are really lucky because they get to go back and watch '80s movies. Because I feel like everything that was born before we were born sucked. Right. 
which is why I'm obviously not getting this. I, I really, really feel that a, way. That's, yeah. that's a great way. And I just get upset that, like, that it wasn't born late because now they get to see Back to the Future and they get to see all these John Hughes movies. You know, like stuff you know that, there was stuff before that. As far as I'm concerned, there was not. Everything so, sucked pre-1964, right. except for North by Northwest. Did you ever see The Sweet Smell of Success? No. Sounds boring. The Man in the White Suit? No, I've heard of them, but I never couldn't waste my time watching them. They sound horrible. They're unbelievable movies. Now, having said that, the Gramercy Theater on 23rd Street used to show some old movie I used to right. go in the 90s, I guess. So I went to see All About Eve. Right. And I was like, all right, let's see this thing that everybody says is so great. It seemed to win Best Picture. Right. And it's got Betty Davis. I've never seen a Betty Davis movie right. in my whole life. Right. Let's see what this is all about. I go to see that movie, and I couldn't believe how entertaining it was. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. They made movies like this before I was born? Because everything just sounded... All the movies they would put on Channel 11, that all the, the ones we were forced to watch because we didn't have cable and we didn't have stuff, just all sucked. It must have just been the local selection, that, like the yeah. late show, that just they showed all the bad movies. Well, you have... That's what... That's and they didn't what, have... You know, we, we, we came in later, they had VCRs, and we had to catch up on other stuff. So it's like... I just never saw movies like that. All those movies are what made Spielberg and Scorsese. I know, that's, that's, I know. And when they mention movies, sometimes I have no idea what they're talking doesn't about. Doesn't it want you to? Doesn't it make you want to see those movies? No. Whenever anybody says that, that's like I have to see this movie. No, I it. think they like. I remember when he said, um, you know, the famous Star Wars scene where Luke Skywalker goes back and his his it's been bombed out and his parents or his uncle and aunt are dead. And he goes, that's from The Searchers. It's directly right. from The Searchers. John and then Ford. you would think I would want to go see The Searchers, but uh, oh, I don't have time for nonsense. Nonsense. You know, hey, it, doesn't have a, it doesn't have space wow, stuff in it. It doesn't have impressive. laser blasts. Why the fuck would I want to see that wow. movie? Well, Cowboys were a space. That was the space back then. Well, what you're saying is... Uh, right, right, right. Exactly. So, But it's interesting... When you're telling me this, I, I got to think about the All About Eve. I had a great experience that any day. Any of those movies, I, any Preston Sturges movie, Sullivan's Travels. I'm going to check it out, and then I will come on this podcast and be like, guys, I got you got to check in, out this. This is what I'll do. Movie. I'm going to come in. I'm going to beat you on the. I'll, you'll invite me back, and I'm going to beat you. For, <laughs> I'll deserve it. I mean, I guess. Sweet Smell of Success. Alexander McKendrick was unbelievable. Who's in that? Is that Sweet Smell? Burt Lancaster, Tony Curtis. Oh, unbelievable yeah. I just, movie. I mean, every some of the greatest dialogue ever. Everybody. Like, what's an example of something that was in that? Uh, you're a cookie full of arsenic. I don't know. That's in a bag, bags in the river. I mean, some of the great lines. I mean, of that's all the time. funny thing, too, is like when you tell, you know, kids growing up now, like, there are certain lines, and you're like, no, no, that's why people say that from this movie or Unbelievable something. Unbelievable, that movie. I remember my dad used to tell me about Now Voyager, I think. Right. That's um, Betty Davis also. Oh, it is? Yeah. And and that's where uh, you'd light a cigarette for yourself and a girl. That's right. where that comes right, from. Right, right, right. Exactly. It's a real classy move. Now, should, obviously, it so killed John to, Hughes. You, you, but right. uh, <laughs> You need to see some of the old movies. They they hold up pretty damn well. See, for me, I don't feel they do. I feel they're boring. And they're t- it I mean, doesn't sound is, like you've even seen any to say that they're boring. They well, don't I'm hold up. I'm saying at this point, Back to the Future doesn't hold. I mean, it holds up for many. Ways, but these there's are, so much gaps that you could cut out yeah. of time, you know, that where you need to see those old movies, like I guess, right? I mean, right. you might as well. I mean, what am I doing? Billy Wilder, you ever see any Billy Wilder movies? I believe I've seen his movies, but I don't know what they are. But I mean, I know he did a lot of Marilyn Monroe stuff, he right? Did one Marilyn, so just well, the other day I must have seen that one. Uh, is that the one with the, the, the one with the big tits? Uh, the, the, what was that broad's name? <laughs> the, 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 the slutty one, um, uh. A gentleman prefer blondes, I think. Is it? Um, does it take place on a boat? A gentleman prefer blondes is uh, is that Janet Russell? Jane Russell. Jane maybe. Russell. Jane Russell. Yeah, uh, I, I think I so. It is. So I'm gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. No, sure. no. I'm pretty sure it is. So, 
watching i just watched that it was on like hbo the other day so i was watching it and i'm like oh here's an old movie from the day Jeez, you, you really it was very interesting Dave, though you know those movies that jane russell and it was interesting watching i guess i don't watch those movies because it was interesting watching how kind of sexy she was jane russell in a completely different way than marilyn monroe yeah. but i never understood when you heard bob hope talking about her or you know people like in those specials I hope Jane Russell isn't going to be, you know, it's like she's going to give Dolly Parton a run for her money. You, I mean, you've never seen any Billy, Billy Wilder movies. I'm going to name some movies that, that, and see if you've seen any of these. I've certainly the heard apartment, the name. The Apartment. I hated that movie. That was so boring. That won okay. Best Picture in 1960, right? That's with Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine? Exactly. Some I like, started watching some, some of like it. Some like it hot? Well, yes, I have seen it. And I hated that. Hated in it. fact, some that's the example. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. That Some like it hot is the example I use of movies that our parents told us were funny and laugh out loud funny, and they stink. Yeah, okay. Oh, Double Indemnity I also saw with Fred McMurray because that actually Bob has Stanley. one of my favorite scenes because Robinson. he bowls by himself. Right. And he goes, I thought I'd do a few rounds of bowling, and I remember laughing so hard when the I last saw sequen- it. The Lost Weekend? Is it Ray Milland? That's Ray Milland. No, I never saw that wow. either. you are, this is... Un- yeah, but I I'm hate leaving. these movies. I'm walking, Sunset Boulevard? <laughs> No, I'd like to see mm. that one. I'd like to see. Wait, who's the one in that? That uh, Gloria Swanson. Right. That's the. I'm ready for my close-up one. William Holden. Wait, yeah. is that the um, right? That is. Yeah. Because that's what they say is going to happen to me when I end up in gay porn for the director. Yeah, and I, I think like, she, you know, it just uh, ends that you, way. If and you're going to do like, gay porn, just watch some of the older stuff so you know the history of it. Because obviously, <laughs> so I know the history. You'll go back of like it. three years, and this is no good. I'm very. <laughs> I'm I know sorry, you are not a f- up on your film. I probably wouldn't. I am not up on my. I'm up on this film. I'm up on John Hughes. I'm up on 80s. Anything. 80s and you know beyond but not no give you a list nothing of be below 1970 that's on that's scary i know nothing except for north by northwest and the wizard of oz that's alfred hitchcock you know that right yes okay i just want to make sure oh actually rear window i loved i saw the movies right not when it came out did you see that it was probably the remake though no 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 with christopher reeve oh (laughs) because i saw that one too now um because i worshiped christopher reeve so i saw anything he was in but no i just saw that recently again too that holds up and it's crystal clear too and that was the other thing i couldn't believe when i went to see this all about eve i'm like boy this is crystal clear they had great cinematographers and that was 1950 right so what do you think was done on videotape i don't know it's like when you see all these old movies they're all crappy and gross and these charlie chaplin it's like it's I don't know. It's like one, one of the great things. That's why you see the Wizard of Oz. I'm like, wait, 1939. They had good film. Yeah. I like, I've seen Mr. Smith goes to Washington. I think that's terrific. Right. <laughs> How about like the great thing about working with Paramount Studios? That's where the John Hughes's our offices were. Was they used to show movies every night in the, in the no, studio. No, really. So I used to just. I used to just watch. They showed some of the great Paramount had some of the great movies of all. Well, time. then I probably would have. Well, you know what's funny? I used to work at HBO Home Video mm-hmm. for a period of time as a temp right. until I got, um, I think, asked to leave on sexual harassment charges, right. which, which makes is sense. Every job I had up right. until now, and even now, I had it, but they just suspended me. Right. So, um, th- so I would take home a lot of the videos and watch them. So I caught up on a bunch of stuff. Which from ones the, did you? Would you caught up on a bunch of stuff? After 1980, I'm guessing. No, that's the thing. No, actually, I caught up on Saturday, the Night, back- Saturday Night Fever, which wow. I had never seen before. Right. Uh, then some other movies that I hadn't seen, like just little ones that I hadn't gone to the movies to see or something. I, I can't remember, but I remember catching up on a, a couple of catalogs, like even um, like Woody Allen, like Another Woman or something, right. you know, the odd ones that right. they had because you could go home and watch them. So it was good. But I remember my sister and I watching Saturday Night Fever like in, in the 90s, 20 years later. And being like, well, let's see what this. And I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> no wonder people liked it. It's yeah. It, you so know. we we were we we were we were buying like a, a new stereo for our house, 
and we're we're going to this place Stereo Exchange, which they do high end audio. So there was a, a we were there listening to speakers, and the guy told someone to come over, and he pulls this guy over. He says, "This is Jono," and I said, "Jono, does he look familiar to does does he look familiar to you?" And I'm like, "No, I you know he does look familiar. It's making me crazy." And it ended up the one who played John Travolta's best friend in Saturday Night Fever, Joe jo, John Joe Callie, is uh, now I don't doing he which sells. Guy. The, that was the guy who broke his nose did or something. That was no. the guy that ended up sleeping with um, Angie, uh, Donna Pescow. Donna Pescow, wow. Right. Yeah, that was his best friend, not Barry Miller. Who right, oh, Barry Miller is like my favorite yeah, actor. He's, yeah. He got blacklisted by he Martin got, Scorsese, I believe. Is that true? I, his wife used to be a casting director, and I asked her about this because Barry Miller is one of my favorite actors because, you know, I want to be an actor. So uh, in Saturday Night Fever, where he's so, you know, I was like, hey, Tony, can I talk to you for a minute? Hey, Tony, right. can I talk to you? Hey, father, can I talk to you? Right. My girlfriend likes to taste the communion wafers. Right. And then he was in Fame right. uh, in a completely different character, the tough guy, the bully, right. which was fascinating. Right. And then he was in Peggy Sue Got Married. Right. As the nerd, a totally different type of nerd right. than in. Uh, so I was obsessed with him, and then he then he got blacklisted. I'm amazed, like you know how Jackie Earl Haley became like this. The kid from the Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears, who's he had a resurgence of his yes, career. Yes, because Watchmen I that would and Friday the Thirteenth. Like Barry Miller, you know. Why? Should, why didn't it? What? I, what did he do why. that was new? He, I think the last thing that Barry Miller did, what was it? He because was, he should have had a resurgence. He was right. really he was, terrific. He was really good. He was a great really actor. Good. Yeah, yeah, a really good so, like, character actor. Right. For, for, for being the way he looked and everything, he was amazing. If, if yeah. not for anything else, you should watch old movies to see how great the character actors were. Well, that's when they had character actors brilliant, back then. Brilliant. right? Well, that's my dad was obsessed with them. Obsessed. And we were just talking the other day, too. Um, you know, people ask me, like, well, why don't you do more imitations as a director if that was working back in the day? You know, when I used to be an actual comedian, I used it with the quotes. Yeah, I saw. Um, thanks. For the, he, he did air quotes. <laughs> uh, because nobody has, nobody's a character anymore. Right. What am I going to do? Brad Pitt? What am I, you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Right. I mean, you know, these I mean, guys they, specifically were characters. But actors. we're talking about the character like Peter Lorre or people like Martin that that, Balsam, had a, that had a thing about them, right. that had a, a tone. Charles or, Derning. Right, yeah, right. Well, well Charles, maybe not Charles Derning. So could Charles you do Durning an imitation of Charles? Yeah, but could you do an imitation of Charles Derning? Well, that, that makes someone a character if you could do an imitation. Well, that's what I was saying. There was, more, there was oh, a I little more to what they... Their personas. They were brilliant, those guys. And they went from movie to movie, and they always... And Durning of, worked all the way up until the 2000s, I think, or something. Yeah, right? he was in, like, Tootsie. Tootsie, yeah. yeah. But he was in he was Burt in, Reynolds uh, movies. Right. Best was of the Whorehouse. Was he in Deliverance? Mm, was that I'm him? I'm not sure. No. Um, that was Ned Beatty, who was no, another know, great character actor. What an interesting guy he is, right? Because his career was very strange. And then I, I, I just saw Network recently. Unbelievable. So Still I'm holds up. Back. Unbelievable. You know, like maybe five years ago. That's one of the great movies. And I couldn't believe how entertaining it was. Still and holds I, up. And it's still... to this day, I was just walking down the street the other day thinking about Ned Beatty's scene. He has that one goddamn scene. Right. And I'm like, wow, that's why he's a good actor. Because right. I only knew him from Superman. Right. He was <laughs> you know, incredible. As Otis. Beatrice, St- Beatrice Strait, who played... I think Wood- she got one for that. She won for, the, for that little scene. Right, that little scene from I only knew her from Poltergeist. Right, (laughs) you know, so I didn't know she was in anything else. Yeah, and then the guy that won posthumously, Peter uh, Finch, terrific. Peter Finch, uh, let alone Faye Dunaway, who was gorgeous and amazing. And I love uh, what's Three Days of the Condor with. Oh my God, no, that's my favorite. (laughs) That's the one. You know, they shot it at the Lexington Candy Shop. No, I didn't know because I do a Max Mancino imitation. (laughs) It was the predictable move. Can I drop you somewhere? (laughs) It will happen like this. 
uh, sunny day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I usually do it from Hannah and her sisters. And the way so, he, he kneels down. Oh, and my God, that's my favorite. The There's a guy, Sam Cedar. He's a radio host. Just we talk about that scene all the time. Yeah, he just bends his knee. Just just so we, we always do that scene. Does right? the stance, and it's like. <laughs> he uh, wow. kills Atwood. Atwood. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Um, I, now, you don't know the trouble you made. That, that movie, um, I knew you'd be here. Right. They don't know. Right. It'll happen like this. Um, Still holds up that movie. That movie came out in '75. I think. So, I think. So I was it was power. rated R. Right. I begged my dad, "Can I? Can you take me to see Three Days of Kona? I don't. I was obsessed. I was just. I want to see Three Days of Kona. It looks amazing. And he would not take me. I'm like, you can't take me. Just at every other father's. It's, it's Three Days <laughs> of the Condor. It's not strip tease. You know, movie. it's not the. Was that the, the showgirls? You know, right. whatever. Right. I, I, I mean, there, nothing happens in that movie right. that it's rated R. Except maybe he rapes that girl, technically well, Faye Dunaway. But because <laughs> of the, the, the one sheet was so sexy with them on it, you know, with them, their faces. But I don't know. He just didn't want to take me anywhere. I think that oh, was the issue. <laughs> that might be the problem. So it's so funny because I never got to see that movie oh. until recently. Yeah. That's and then I'm like, oh, my was. God. Now I've seen it still 20 holds times. Up. Still holds and up. I probably saw it eight years ago for the first time. Still and I up. loved it. Yeah. And it, and it still holds up. And Robert Redford's still great. Unbelievable. And the premise is great. Yeah. And the investigation the is good. And he's so cool in it. And it's just funny now that he's to go to the phone company and all that stuff. It's right. like stuff maybe it couldn't happen, whatever. But yeah, I love it. I, I, watched, I just watched it a week ago. All the President's Men, you know what oh happens. Oh my God. And still, you can't. You, it's just one of the greatest I, movies I can watch of all the, time. It is one of the greatest it's movies of all time. And that's why I, I didn't see the post. I was wondering if that was anything as good. Elizabeth as that. worked on the post. And oh, she, she did. Yeah, I, I, it's different. It's a different. It's a different. Angle. And what does Elizabeth do? She is a scenic charge. She has a crew of like eighty people that work for her, and they wow. paint and they do any surfaces on, on they they mold. They do molds of like they they create anything that needs to be put into a scene. Do they um, not create? But they they paint all the scenery. They they make statues. They do any kind of surfaces that need. She worked on Noah. They made these logs made out of styrofoam. It was pretty amazing. Actually, they looks, they filmed that in New York. Yeah, they filmed it in in in. That's the one with Russell Crowe. Yeah, the Armory in Brooklyn, and then they filmed it on Long Island. Oh, it's just, just a, I guess a set, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's just set. like that. Just seems like one of those ones they're going to film yeah. somewhere else in the I, world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, we did Noah right here. Yeah, yeah, right down the street. <laughs> right. right. What? Right. Yeah, the Noah's Ark thing. Yeah. 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 No, you got it right. That's really funny. Uh, that's so interesting. You guys are both. But wait, what do you do now? I have a music company where I design music for background music for hotels and restaurants and stores. And really, yeah, it's pretty fun. Like, do you make the music? No, or do you I compile the... playlists. Oh, that's that's fun. Stuff, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, oh, I had never. Oh. It's that old like sa- that Warren Beatty saying: "Success is not knowing whether you're working or playing." I have one of those jobs. It's yeah. pretty fun. And um, like, what hotel can you say? Or I do, do a lot of I do a lot of different places. What's an example? Or you can't say it's no I, big deal. If I you do can't the say Gerber anything. bars. I do. Oh, like Randy Gerber. Randy Gerber, his brother Scott. I do those places. And you find that connection through Steve Klein at all? Or no. So no, they they, they needed someone to help them with their music one day, and then it just because you know it's, I bought the Randy Gerber, what is it, Randy Gerber Clooney yeah, tequila, tequila once for Steve Klein for his party, and I felt, <laughs> then I felt stupid when I realized uh, what it was. I'm like, he probably has a bunch of these already. What, what bottles of tequila? Well, they made a tequila together. They have the Casamigos, is their tequila. right? And so I bought it for. Klein for one of his parties, and I, they're friends, right? They're like good I, friends. I don't think they sold to, sends them all of it. You know. I don't know. I guess I just felt. I don't know whether I thought it was. a... I don't know what I'm talking. We about. have to get you to watch movies before 1970. That's no, my big concern. Not interested. Here. You're Wait, a I smart, just want to go over one other. Man. 
Uh, you know, it's funny when you look at John Hughes again. Now, for, why didn't he direct Home Alone? And, and we'll, we can wrap up. Because he was he was probably doing another movie at the time. He made movies. Well, Chris Columbus did that. I don't yeah, know. I know he did. Yeah, but um, I'm just surprised. That means did Chris Columbus do Home Alone and Harry Potter at the same time? Was that the same year? No, no, no. That oh, that was, was way actually, later. That was way, way later. later. Right, way later. Right, way later. Chris Columbus had done Adventures in Babysitting right. and one other thing, and then he did Home Alone. He did Adventures in Babysitting and hmm. Career Opportunities. Was Career that with Dana Carvey? Yeah, no, that was with Career Opportunities. Was with uh, Frank, Frank Gorshin. Uh, Please say Frank Gorshin. Whaley. Oh. And Frank Whaley and uh, I just went blank on it. Then name. I mean, 1981, he's responsible for writing and directing one and writing four movies. And again, these came out then, so he might have these scripts since the 70s. Right. Career Opportunities, Only the Lonely, which I thought he directed, but apparently not. You know, he well, Career do... Opportunities, a friend of mine. No, Only the Lonely, I meant. I thought he directed that too. He just wrote it, huh? But he wrote it for John Candy? Yeah, he wrote that for John Candy. Uh, Dutch. Dutch. With Ed O'Neill's Ed O'Neill, right. And Curly Sue. Right. Which he directed for right. some reason. Right. Chose that one out of the... Why didn't he choose Only the Lonely if that was his boy? I don't know. I, I, that's, but, yeah. the, but the interesting thing about Career Opportunities, my friend Ron was working in a, in, in a uh, I think, a Walmart, and they locked him in it at night. And that's where John, Ron told the story to John, and that's where the idea that came from. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because he got so locked he, in he, at he night to guard. He only needs one thing, yeah, and exactly. then he writes an entire script. Exactly, yeah. People spend their lives writing one script. I know. I want to put a bullet through it's my amazing. head right now. It's I amazing. didn't know he wrote Dennis the Menace. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and then he wrote Beethoven. Beethoven, right. Which, as if Home Alone and all the Bratback movies couldn't be a cash cow enough. Right. They made four Beethoven yeah. movies. Yeah. And me, which means he got money for all of them. Yep. It's amazing. Uh, Baby's Day Out. I Baby's had no idea that was him. Yep. That was him, right. I he think wrote was... the remake of Miracle on 34th Street. Right. Uh, 101 Dalmatians, right. Flubber. So right. he wrote, in one year, he wrote two old Disney movies. He rewrote right. two old Disney movies. The original Made, Flubber, I think. so prolific, amazing. That original Flubber, I think, was with Fred McMurray. Read some <laughs> of the old National Lampoon stuff. That My Vagina is unbelievably hilarious. Um, yeah, and then he just kind of petered out before he died, I guess. Well, he, well, he, he sort of decided he was through with the business and moved back to Chicago. Oh, he did then, decide. Like, after Candy died, he just kind of fell apart Well, there, were, there like were a bunch were, of movies after that, but... I didn't know he did Made in Manhattan. Right, I actually enjoyed Manhattan. that movie. <laughs> That's with Jennifer Lopez yeah. and... Uh, the, Matthew McConaughey, is he in that? No, 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 no. Made in Manhattan's with uh, the Harry Potter of Baltimore, I feel. Oh, you're Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes, exactly right, 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 right. I don't know why I, I like that one. Mate. And what is Drillbert Taylor? I don't even Jill know. Drillbert Taylor, one. I think uh, that was with uh, Owen Wilson. Oh, well, oh yeah. Right. yeah he, it was a, he, a bully was getting, he, oh, he paid Owen Wilson to come and beat up the bully in his school. Oh, okay. Now, now I remember that right. one. So just grow, the Home Alone just is... Um, you know, it just that was his top grossing film of all time. We figured that, right? Right. But in the um, all time, all time box office of all time, it's number forty. That's but amazing. yesterday, it dropped to forty one because Black Panther oh my beat it. And next week, it could be overtaken by Star Wars: The Last Jedi. That doesn't even seem fair. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. 
Yeah, so Black Panther's moving up on the all-time. But that, all that's time. in those dollars. Just think about well, how much in, a movie costs to... In, in for inflation, it's taking, it's he's... Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's, he's 87th of all time. For inflation, it's 40. 40, okay. 40. So they take inflation. that They do take that. With right. Gone with the Wind being the number one all-time box office champ. Wow. Uh, which is amazing. You didn't see that either, I'm sure. No, I saw that no, one. You did see it. that. Wow. I didn't care for that's it. That's impressive. Home Alone 2, obviously. Then the third most highest grossing movie of John Hughes's career is 101 Dalmatians. Right, right. I mean, isn't that just strange? Yeah. So then it goes Made in Manhattan, Flubber. I mean, these aren't even John Hughes movies. Right, right. Uh, Christmas Vacation, right. which, is, which is terrific. Then Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's his highest grossing, I guess, directed movie. Movie um, Made $70 and million. People still love that one. People, it's amazing. As a matter of fact, I found out that um, in that movie, when they're doing Twist and Shout, right, uh, which is like this part. What do you think Ferris is going to do? Do you hear the horns in the background? Yeah. Do you know the story about that? No. Uh, there's horns, which makes sense because he's part of a parade. Right. Apparently, Paul McCartney was furious that he added horns to it. Oh, I furious. No and idea. that made him so upset because he was a massive Beatles, Beatles fan. Fit, right. You probably don't know this about him. <laughs> but uh, it's, <laughs> I love you. You probably don't know this about John Hughes. Huge Beatles fan. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, he was a huge Beatles fan. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, can you imagine that would be crushing? That would be like if John Hughes was alive today, and um, like he saw me on something, and he just like, I hate that kid. Uh, did you see crashing? That kid in the towel. He was horrible. Like, that, I mean, that would be soul crushing. <laughs> right. Soul crushing. Right. If he. Said but you so. like Ali Sheedy. Right, <laughs> right, Come right. on. Give me something for that. Your idol saying something negative about you. Well, it's funny that Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is down in like the middle of money-making movies for him. Yeah. But it did make money but, during its day, right? I right, mean, right. I, I don't, I, it, it opened, I think, Thanksgiving Day. I remember that. We all went to, we were having uh, dinner at the, at the uh, I just went blank, the, not the Waldorf Astoria. What's the, oh, you were here in the city. Yeah, we were in the city. and we Four seasons. No, the one on... On Central Park. I just went totally blank. Tavern on the Green. No, the, the hotel. The Plaza Hotel. Oh, the Plaza. The Plaza Hotel. And then we all, my family went to see it at, when it was playing on Ziegfeld? Uh, Third, Third, Third Avenue. We all went there to watch it. Did you all, did you have like an opening here in the city? No, no, no. I went there with my family. Oh, you weren't even working yeah, yeah, there anymore. Yeah. Were you yeah. working for him at that time when it no, opened? No, 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 no. Why'd you leave? I left because I was, I just got over like what do you, I became overripe and rot living in California. Oh, you didn't want to live York. in California. Yeah. But but why was he living in California if he worshiped Chicago so much? I mean like he moved back to Chicago. Oh, I, he, he did. Was, he was sort of he didn't It just seems like there's a guy that didn't care for LA either, so, so wouldn't he Midwestern be a perfect guy. guy to work for and it seems like you could have moved up in the organization. He liked you very much. Um you just hated it, was, it that much that you didn't well, want to work. Well, it was work. just it was tough to, you know, we to work in it was there were other things that went on, you know. It was it, communication stuff was between everybody in the company and people. Just it was it was it got kind of you. You became they. What happened was um, your personal life and your business, your life at the company, sort of melded together. So you with that them happens all the at time. every job. Yeah, but this was more so. 
So you would, I would spend weekends there. I would hang out all the time. Because with you were filming? Or? No, because, you know, he, he liked having people around. And oh, stuff. John Hughes liked yeah, having yeah. people around. So Wait, we would so all like hang at the out. weekend at the, at the office? No, we would go to the, his house in Brentwood and hang out and, you know. And do what? Just hang out, have dinner, watch. How many people? I, well, I was part when I when I went there. It was me and some other people in the office. There was always people around. But, but I mean, like I was talking about that he had thirty people no, over, he had no, ten no, people no, over, no, or five. No, five, you know. Not so many. you, John Hughes, and three other people used to every Friday night have dinner together. Yeah, it was a very at his house. Not we. we they they liked having people around. To did he help tell you what stuff. he was working on, or did he? I mean, yeah, did you we, have we, talks, and did you drink and have a, a? That was a long time ago. I don't even you know. This is the kind of stuff I worship. You know, I was um, a lot younger then. Also, so. I was at Gary Shandling's house uh, a couple times. Did you watch that thing on? Not yet. No, I've ta- I just taped it because it wasn't on demand. It wasn't yeah. uh, on demand, and he was my idol. Yeah. And I was able to go to his house a couple times through Sarah Silverman, and we'd hang out a lot. Yeah, and um, for a period of time we were just hanging out at his house, and not only we would you know have interesting talks, even though he's hard to talk to, but yeah. then he would show me scripts he was working on for yeah. Larry Sanders. Yeah, like Crazy. he showed me one that never even made it to air Crazy. with Woody Harrelson, um, uh, smoking hash or whatever it was, and and he's like, "What do you think?" I remember I was yeah. reading it on the basketball court while him and Judd Apatow and everybody was playing. Yeah, I didn't that's... care to play. Yeah, and I was reading the script. And he's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, it, it's fucking brilliant. You yeah. know, like, I, I mean, he was asking my, I mean, so that's the kind of stuff I, that's why I'm asking you had this with, with a guy that makes these iconic films, just like for me, Larry Sanders show was, and for me, like playing Strange and automobiles and all those other ones. I mean, it's probably not a day that goes by that me and Lee Maracas don't do lines from 16 candles. Right, 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 right. Um, so that's why I was asking if there was something like that. He was just like, you I know what I'd really like to I do saw 16 or, candles in Ithaca at the uh, the State Theater. There was a movie yeah. theater. And I, no, I remember I was sitting there. I'm like, wow, this guy is so cool. I would love to work with him. Then I went to L.A. Wow. The next thing I, it was so crazy. That is I crazy. I was riding right? a bike around on my first day of work. It was my birthday. I was riding a bike around the lot, and John said, my first day of work. And he says, you want to come to a screening? You want, we're showing Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So it was... John, me, and Ned Tannen, who was the head of Paramount Studios <laughs> in the 600-seat theater at the Paramount, just the three of us. And I was just sitting there like, oh, it was like crazy. How could you not feel that your life was going to be it was crazy. awesome? It was crazy. Which it is in yeah. a different way. Yeah, See, for me, it, it would just be depressing at this point now because I'm like, God, it seemed like it was all going to go so well. Uh, because that kind of stuff has happened to me before, it's but it crazy. just didn't work out. But um that's amazing. Yeah, and then go and that was a screening before it came out in the movie theater. Like you, they were seeing a cut yeah, of it? Yeah, it was just a, a rough cut. And it was a. Because uh, I heard. Um, oh, no, it was Planes, Trains, and it probably Automobiles. Was a, it was probably the finished product. I heard Planes, Trains. The, no, no, I'm sorry. The first cut of Ferris Bueller's Day Off ended up at two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, he filmed, John filmed, that's what I'm saying. He filmed a lot of stuff. Yeah. The shortening of the script had come in the cutting room, having the story episode taking place in one uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, two hours and forty-five minutes. Is that the, the version fi- you saw? No, no, no. I saw the like the the regular version before. Like it was probably the final before they were releasing it. So that was April eighth. I don't know when that came out. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, and planes, trains, and automobiles. The first cut was three hours right. and forty That's minutes what I'm long. Saying. He used to shoot like an eighth of a page that used to end up being. They used to improvise. It was crazy. So, so. that film. That I, I mean. There must be all this film of John, Hilarious the great John stuff, Candy right. and Steve Martin somewhere 
Right. And now that John Hughes did, like, why not just? I that's the, there's so much stuff they shot, so much stuff. Was it? Hilarious do you believe stuff. because you've seen it that it's really not worth showing, or do you think there's some there's things? There's so like, much stuff with them in the hotel room. There is so much funny stuff that they left out. So why not just? I don't. Could, why not? Show sure a version. Why will. not show a three-hour and forty-minute version of well, Planes, I, don't, I don't know if it will be as the well, characters are as tight as they. Well, what's the brilliant. difference? We've all seen how right. great the movie is, right. and we can choose to watch it. It's it like probably could have been seven hours. Do you remember uh, Once Upon a Time in America? Right. Uh, it originally came out like a four-hour hour, version, four hours, right. and then they cut it to an hour and a half, and right. people were like, "This blows." Right. And he's like, "Well, that's because they wouldn't let me do the <laughs> four-hour." <laughs> right. So that's the way you're supposed to see it—the right. four-hour version. Well, I don't know. I mean, he did the right thing by cutting right. it because otherwise they, they, who would you can't if, make a comedy like right, that, right? Can't write. I mean, a comedy should be... That's why Woody Allen's so good. Minutes. 90 minutes, right. exactly. Right. Uh, Spinal Tap is 84 goddamn right. minutes. That's ridiculous. Um, I remember seeing that movie, Spinal Tap, and I'm like, oh my God, this is like... The most brilliant thing anybody's ever seen. You didn't realize how brilliant it was when you saw it because You realize so... how brilliant it is and then you have to take it in you realize when you're watching it. You realize, but, but, but it, you're laughing and you can't... And then you have to take a moment... And then watch it obviously again. It's mind-bending yeah. how funny that is. Bruno and Kirby still when holds. They... Up. Well, have you seen his extras? Because he shot a lot of extras too. Rob Reiner did the correct right thing, but you see some of those extras. Right. They have him in his underwear singing Sinatra tunes right. at the hotel. Have you with, seen those? With the with the, the partition. The, the partition going. You know what that should be called? Uh, yes, I can. If Sammy Davis <laughs> says it's okay, and then right. they put the. It's just. Just the, the people, pace of right. it going up is. Yeah, it's perfect, right? They, just it's, a slow. It's like, excellent example yeah. of comic. Of right. comedy, right. it has to go up the exact right, right, right. time, and then he's like, "Fucking people!" <laughs> no, they don't understand. See, when you've loved and lost, like right. Frank, they right. they can never understand. Right. This is a fad. This is right. a fad. I would right. never tell them this. Right. This is why I can remember all these lines because they were fucking brilliant. And think about that; they're probably improvised. Right. So, which makes Bruno Kirby just as funny as Bruno Christopher Kirby. Guest and all right. those people. That's... Which clearly they liked working with him because Billy Crystal used him again in City Slickers. Yeah, and they, stuff were like that. they were all they were all friends, one right? Of the great comedy. and. Uh, Harry met Sally, right? But he seemed like tough to work with a little bit. Before. I don't. I didn't. I'm sure he that that. And he died guys. very young too. Yeah, very young. That was that was smoking. You think? I I, I, I always hope it is because otherwise we're gonna <laughs> yeah, you know, like we're at the we're age all, where we're all, you, know, you know nobody gets out of here. You know, right now feeling you know when people call me old, but if I die, they'll be like he died very young, very <laughs> young. You know, I mean, that's and like, you're not smoking. So. I know. I don't even smoke. It'd be horrible. I just die of a broken heart. Right. Oh. <laughs> But um, I yeah, it's gonna... fascinating. So you did you think you saw the Ferris Bueller's version of like the cut that was too long? Um, no, no, no. I think I saw the one that the was major one. The, the you know, I heard the re- they said the reason why um, Broderick was supposed to do a bunch of dance moves for the the parade or something, but he had broke his like knee or something, or hurt his knee or something. He wasn't able to do the moves that Kenny Ortega they had him. I mean, that guy's been around for years. Right. I mean, he did the Michael Jackson Dirty Dancing Thriller, I think. Right? Didn't he? Uh, I. That you know what? And he did High School Musical. When we were doing planes, a... trains, and automobiles, Michael Jackson was doing the commercial where his hair caught oh, the Pepsi on the one. same lot on the same lot as us. Oh, is that so? That you must crazy. have heard it. You're like, you're not going to believe what just happened. I just realized happened. that. I just remembered that they were on the same lot. And so did somebody come over and be like, "Everybody, stop what I you're doing! Michael Jackson's I'm, in trouble." I'm almost positive <laughs> they were filming that on the next the next stage over. Wow, it's pretty crazy. Wow, that was in. Man, I have some funny stories. But tell. I, no, no, no. I Nobody can't listens. Tell. No, no, no. Nobody listens have, no, to this I'll podcast. T- yeah, but but there were some. John used to tell me great stories. Come on, that, give, no. give me one. The second, we'll do the part two. We'll, well that would be two. my pleasure. But after, just... I'll do a part two after you see movies before 1970. Fair enough. I will do, and then we'll talk about all those movies, and then I'll you know okay. tell you stories. But you, I have to make sure I want. I don't even want you. I just want to see that you 
a receipt that you have, you know, you purchased them. I will, no, because we'll be talking about the movie. I'm going to give you a I list was, of movies. After you see 10 of those movies. Uh, first, I'll I'm just going to watch this Sullivan's Travel because you Sullivan's say it's Travel. good. And I'm going to take a shot on that. And if the I Lady don't like Eve, that, then I'm not The Lady Eve is unbelievable. All About Eve, it's fantastic. They're not All About yeah, the it's Lady great, Eve. It's great. All About Eve, it's terrific. Unbelievable. <laughs> The Lady Eve. The Lady Sounds Eve. horrible. They have horrible oh, titles back then. It's you know what's fantastic. a good title? The Matrix. Now that's a good film. You ever see The More the Merrier? That's another movie. That sounds horrible and gay. Joel McRae, fantastic. What about uh, Gay Paris? <laughs> no, <laughs> you, have, you have to. We have to get you watching some old movies. Then you'll have a whole breadth of knowledge that you could say, "Oh my God, I saw the, only the thing... Spielberg movie," and he uses like in Sweet Smell of Success. There's a there's a shot that. That with the camera just sort of turns when they're when they're he's talking to the senator and that's Martin Scorsese's like signature shot is that shot is that the, right of the scene and which just, movie is it Sweet Smell of Success Sweet they're in they're in the Twenty One Club and that's Billy Wilder and he says match me Sydney and then you know and that's that's not Billy Wilder that's Alexander McKendrick oh. that that movie you should Sweet Smell of Success is unbelievable the dialogue in that movie is crazy. Yeah, I'm just not an old movie. You know what's you funny? Have, don't say that. You're a smart guy. Well, you want to hear something really weird? The other day, I'm talking about last Saturday, I was like, I don't really want to put the TV on, but maybe I'll just put on something. So I was searching for the Turner Movie Classics or Turner Classic Movies Network. Right. Because I'm like, that's a perfect thing to put on. You can just have that on all day and right. it doesn't matter. And um, so I put it on and it was a Tarzan, uh, one of the Tarzan movies, the Johnny Weissmuller ones. And... Um, and then I, my mother called, and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm watching Tarzan. And then I'm like, <laughs> You oh, shut geez, it off sorry. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, i got to watch sports or something. Something live, something live. It was like really embarrassing. So, But I'm sure I can find it on, um, well, I have, uh, you know, I get all the movies. You I have to watch those right movies. I'm going to give you a list of movies to watch. Yeah, well, you can't tell us one, uh, John Hughes. Uh, no, I, I'll, 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 I'm or? telling you, this, is, this will be my way of getting you to, uh, to, uh, to watch old movies. All right, fair enough, so. I guess. I guess. So. I guess. What are, are there any other questions on that list? That's I I, have questions. you did your homework. Well, I love it. It's like a, oh, you, it was Edmund Dantes. That's the other that thing pseudonym. he wrote under. That was right, his right. Pseudonym. Why did he do that? I don't have any other questions. These weren't no. questions; they were just stuff. But why did he write under a pseudonym? Because he didn't want people to know he wrote it. Wrote "Made in Manhattan." Why right. wouldn't he want people to know that? I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But he didn't mind having people know that he made Curly Sue. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> That's a. I think we should end with this one. I, I, I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought this was... It's a psychedelic bird. I thought you were yeah. going to do Don't You Forget About Me from... Nah, I don't care for that one. I, well, that one for me was way overplayed. You know, that's like, true, I don't think I could true. listen to it ever again. But I can't... I, uh, you know, I, I, you must have some other stories about um, planes, trains, and automobiles that... I, am, uh, I, I didn't know time, you were... Wor- I, I knew you had done something with Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but I didn't know you actually were on the set oh, yeah. of the entire it's movie crazy. of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which really was maybe his greatest movie as a writer director because yeah, it was also so. what he wanted to do in the sense of being making more adult films right. and stuff and the fact that he was able to go from these amazing teenage comedies which which really changed everything right. from what we knew like especially uh, if, if if anything a different view about parents and grandparents that they're not so great right and he shows that in weird science and in uh 16 candles like grandparents kind of suck right and nobody had ever done that before it's like but she's having a baby and then from she's having a baby went to planes trains and automobiles and which is a complete you know he has this kid then they grow up and yeah, you have a baby right. and they say right. sometimes that kevin bacon's uh character in planes trains and automobiles when he's running for the taxi with steve martin is his character and she's having a baby 
And they coincide because <laughs> that, that, you know what? Now that I think of it, that's probably right. Yeah, he moved. To, didn't they move to New York? And he was a, he was a copywriter. Yeah, I believe that's the case. Right, so right. Um, yeah, do, yeah. So you were that filming was in that? Chica- was that in Chicago or in New York? It was in New York, it was and in he New was York, going. Right, yeah, but where where did they film it? In Chicago, or did they, they film filmed it in that New, York? New York? They, they filmed, filmed that in New York. York. Yeah, and um, and then he made. The, she's having a baby before or after that. It was before, before what? Plane before trains and automobiles. That was before. before, right? That was before. So you were right in that transition. We literally, they, they were literally filming like right when we stopped. She's having a baby. They were, conti- they were, they went. We started to shoot planes, trains, and all. It was incredible. Nobody made movies like that. It's just incredible. They don't anymore. That's, that's why he had other people. He was so prolific. That's why he had other people directing his movies. It's amazing. So when when he was doing planes, trains, and automobiles, Howie Howie Deutsch was shooting some kind of wonderful. Oh, he did so, that and Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink. Howie right, Deutsch. Right. And he did the great outdoors also. I oh, he did. Oh, yeah. so that he was the guy. Right. And he'd be like, "Hey, I don't want to do this. You direct this one." Right. So they so were there friends. There was always stuff going on. It was pretty. Am- and amazing. he clearly knew his format, so it looks like a John Hughes movie. Right. 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 And it's amazing that you can call something a John Hughes movie, and he did it so quickly. Right. right. With three in a row, just you know, that just made a John Hughes right. movie, right. and then was able to also make adult movies as well. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a tragic loss that he did die so early because he just obviously had so much more in it's him so funny. to give. And then to make an iconic Christmas movie as well, or two of them, right. in Christmas Vacation and Home right. Alone. Um, absolutely He's amazing. Guy. He's a funny guy. Well, Jono, thank you so much for coming on Thanks today. I mean, it really was really awesome. I probably missed a whole bunch of stuff and I probably do need you back. Next time so we, we should talk tape about this. Some next stuff. time we should tape this. Oh, I forgot to turn the thing on. Oh, so, so next time so. we should do that. Yeah, That'd we'll tape funny. it next time yeah, and then we'll let everybody hear it. No, but thank you so much for coming My over. Pleasure. I know you were a little... Like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? We talked for an hour and a half of greatness and... Uh, amazing and I usually don't stuff. sit for this long with a man with no clothes on so I know that's, that's I've fun. heard it's fun I've for heard. me so. you were working thank for Harvey you. Weinstein for yeah. a while so I know <laughs> but uh, anyway thank you so much and we'll see you next time on the Night Fly with Dave Jaskal John I will see you at the next game and the playoffs <laughs> oh not this year but maybe not the time <laughs> <And then TV. laughs>